Hey, what's up there, Charlie? This is Frank Rizzo, R-I-Z-Z-O. Open your fucking ears, jackass. You'll listen to the Callback Podcast with Joseph Bessie, little snot-nosed motherfucker. Listen, you keep listening or I got a fucking shoe waiting for your ass, motherfucker. All right there, chief. See you later, people. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Callback Podcast. Anyone who listens to this podcast knows how much I just hate doing the intros because I'm just talking to nobody and I'm never very good on them and I'm saying um a lot. So I just like to, you know, plow through this week's guest. Very excited about special guest, the great Joey Bragg. You might know him from Life and Maddie. Uh, he's got a movie coming out called Wet Hot American Summer, 10 years later. Uh, it's an upcoming series on Netflix. And we just did a movie together that will come out hopefully uh, later this year or 2018. So without further ado, we have a long conversation. We recorded this at the Marriott Peabody where we were filming the movie in Massachusetts. So we filmed this in the hotel lobby. We had a great time doing it. It's a great long conversation. He's the first probably child comedian slash actor I've ever had on. He started stand-up when he was 13, so always like to have different types of people from all walks of life and have done different things in their career on my podcast. And we had about an hour and 45-minute discussion about a lot of stuff from him starting stand-up at such a young age to opening up for too short and still having insecurities when you've achieved all this success by age 20. So very fascinating, very insightful, and very funny. And he also mocks my baggy shorts. All right, guys, here we go. Me and Joey Bragg. It's a lot of, like, it's a lot of fabric. Your your legs. You have a very small sliver between the to, the top of your sock and uh-huh. the bottom of your short of leg that, that is exposed. You got to remember though, I come from a basketball street ball. Background. I understand, but also like you don't have to stick to what what you were wearing when you were doing street ball. Like you know what I mean? You don't have to, but it, I am comfortable. Yeah. So that's why. Okay, I have. So, dude. If you're comfortable, that's one thing. Yeah, no, it's just but comfy. Like, like but short I'm just, shorts to me is just like not comfortable. Just like wh- I feel a little weird. But where do you draw the line between shorts and pants? That's my thing, I, because yeah. those are those are very close to being very loose pants. Well, but then there's just that cutoff. Where do They're I not draw capris. the line? I don't. Yeah. I don't even know how to answer that. But I just know that you know these are also throwback Iverson shorts. Ugh. Drop that. Are they one of one? They're, no. People don't. Oh, yeah. Well, people actually do listen to podcasts. I did tell that one of one story. So <laughs> That's a good people story. People do know it. It is a great story. Uh, people are using that. If you don't know what the one of one story is, go back to the Kate Wolf episode. Yeah. Fully explained one, how I blew a shot with yeah, a girl. To, to, long story short, a girl threw her, literally threw herself well, at I, you. No, let's just be honest. <laughs> let's just say something right now. This is our fifth date over a course of a while. This wasn't going to end in sex. Yeah. It was just a kiss, just for the record. Yeah, but it, it, what, what, like a kiss is like the first step. We already Two had kissed steps. a bunch of times. So we, we, we were past the bedroom. Honestly, I should have said, because when she, remember what <laughs> provoked it, she said, uh, I need you to move me. And I said, Well, you show me what you mean. And that's what provoked her to kiss and me. And then you were like, Whoa, should, bitch. This coat. jacket is one of one. Yeah, I said, The jacket's getting dirty on the, the grate, uh, the, the gate <laughs> there. I was like, I don't want to get it dirty. I oh. should have just said, We need to move this into the bedroom. We should That's not what you should have said. I know, yeah. I'm a fucking Bedroom idiot. walls are a lot cleaner or yeah, anything. I'm yeah. the worst in the moment. Or like, Why waste our time so here? Shots. Boom. 
Marriott hotel key in your hand. I've never. I think I hold the record for having. I want there to be water. Girls. That's so bad. Do you need water? No, but I mean you can't. You don't work here. This is a very. This is a tumultuous podcast. I don't know where my sunglasses are. I couldn't <laughs> go outside because I didn't have sunscreen. There's no water. I have iced tea. You have nothing. You're it's dry. Fine. <laughs> I'm like the worst host. Oh, it's fine. But Who you cares? can do your little uh, shit if you want. Oh, I know. I'm gonna work it in. It's code. It's yeah. It's code We're for. We're speaking code right now. It's a vape. Hello, policeman. Got a policeman? No. There are a lot We're of policemen. We're at the Marriott Peabody right now. So, wait. So, Joey, this is a cool thing. So, usually I do research on people before. Ooh, but you I haven't. Did, I didn't do that much for you because I kind of knew, I think, already the questions I really wanted to ask and stuff that I, and I genuinely don't know. So, I think that's why it would be cool. But I also don't want it to be the same questions you've asked or answered oh, a hundred times. But... <laughs> Are we allowed to say what's happening right it's now? Like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know how much you keep oh, I don't, under wraps. Oh, not anymore. But it's also... Joe is vaping more of the right cl- now. It's more of the cloud that I don't want yeah, to I don't, no, there's be no cloud. You're vaping. What is in the vapor? I'm it is THC oils. THC oils. Yeah. So okay. it's like... It's so that's not marijuana, right? It is marijuana. Oh, it is marijuana. That is what in, is in marijuana. I love how I said marijuana as if I was saying, like, cocaine. Yeah. Like, and that's not... I don't have to be that... Marijuana, right? <laughs> <laughs> I really did say like that's yeah. how much a square I am. Like I'm gonna, like gonna start burning a spoon. It's legal <laughs> in Massachusetts, <laughs> apparently. Yeah. Oh wow. Even though I feel like it is the opposite of legal because I'm so used to smoking in California where I have a card and a little thing. Oh, you got a whole card. Oh, I got the whole shebang. Yeah. And you went to the doctor and said what? Yeah. Uh, well, the first time I went to the doctor. Yeah. Which I actually do suffer from anxiety. Weed helps. It probably walked in. They were like, "Yeah, you need this." Yeah. You I look issues. like a neurotic. Yeah, like yeah. A neurotic Jew. But I the second time was craziest because you have to get it renewed every year. Uh-huh. I went in the second time and I was like already stoned because like just it's such a tedious thing. It's nothing real. You're yeah. not going like my leg hurts and they're not actually looking at you. Yeah. They you give them a reason or they spoon feed you a reason and they give you the recommendation. And I'm sitting there on this like you know that whatever doctor's office bench lay down thing with the paper on it. Right. All of a fucking sudden the the nurse rolls in an iPad on like a rolly tripod and I'm FaceTiming with what looks like a doctor in like a like a fake doctor commercial cuz this guy's like sitting in a in a doctor's lab coat got glasses and his hair slicked back in front of like a wooden bookshelf and he's like hello mr bragg i'm FaceTiming with this doctor he's like hello mr bragg uh what do you suffer from anxiety depression uh, have you been using mar- how long have you been using marijuana? A long ass time. What uh, do you think it helps you? Yeah. All right. Uh, here's this. Here's this. Uh, blah blah blah. And all right, little iPad thing wheels away. And it was like I was. Fu- did, did it was the future, man. That's the closest thing I've been to the future. Did so you far. ask him why he wasn't there? Uh, uh-uh. I didn't ask him. I, d- I wanted to make. Sh- I didn't know if he was even real. He was real. So, but now you were stoned as well. I mean, I wasn't. I don't get. I feel like I don't get stoned anymore. Right, but you had, I had maybe smo- a feeling I had smoked before. That okay, so you didn't know, but that's a little weird. So then you got the card through this guy on yeah, this time. I just got my card renewed. Yeah. So this thing couldn't be more unlegit. It couldn't be, but it is at the same time very legit. How do you not like lose he was your a license? real doctor? I don't know. I don't. I, I assume you can't just diagnose people through FaceTime. That I can't know. Be legal. I know, but it must be a, a change because it's a renewal. Maybe That's like a really I've funny already seen in a movie, though. Yeah, like it was because it was just doctor. like, oh, ooh, what's happening? Okay, like I'm so much more comfortable. So he's like a, just a doctor on weed who doesn't even go to work. He's just at home. Or, like, not or come. what I what I think it also might be is that he's a real doctor at a hospital, 
and does this as a side job <laughs> and just like while he's working on paperwork at the hospital <laughs> facetimes a bunch of stoners in la and does that this guy's amazing i would like to do a documentary on this doctor yeah right? that's an amazing job and there are so many of how them. old was he oh i don't know 50 year old indian man Oh, he's Indian, too. I think so. I can't really remember. I don't really see race, Joe Vesey, so <laughs> it's hard for me to pinpoint exactly what he was. <laughs> but it's an amazing... Dude, it was amazing. It was like... There are I people was that actually say that. Isn't that the most annoying oh, thing ever? Thing. Of course you see race. Yeah. I, I wrote a sketch race. once about a girl that was like on the phone, and she was just like, uh, like ah, I don't see race. I don't get why people are doing that. And then she gets mugged by a transgender black midget. Yeah. And the policeman's like, can you describe this person to me? And she's like... Um, <laughs> he's she really can't. short. Okay, like how short? Like really, really short. Was he like a midget? <gasps> oh, I would never use that word. <laughs> That's a good sketch. Yeah, Did right? you shoot that? No. I That's a good written. one. Yeah, now whoever's listening to your podcast is going to steal it. <laughs> no, it'd be very relevant. Yeah, right. Good, uh, especially right now because everyone's trying to be PC and shit. I know, right? Yeah. And you never got into Dice Clay, right? Because he was a little bit before your time. I, I know Dice. You know I, Dice. I don't know, know him. I did, I've like performed around him. He used to do Tommy T's and Pleasanton all the time, which was like my home club. Oh, you said you opened for him, right? I Once? didn't open for him. I opened for the show that went before him. There was a show. Oh, okay. He was doing Friday night, second show. And then Friday night, first show was, I think, Damon Wayans Jr., Gotcha. Open for him, and then Damon Wayans did my spot on Andrew Dice Clay. Gotcha. But I yeah, because I mean, Dice is like he was just Mister Not PC and yeah. just like all that stuff. To and the dude, he's degree. like a fucking god, man. Yeah. Like the yeah. way he he's a rock star. Like walks. Yeah, he's like a rapper. He's like the two chains of comedy. Yeah. No, like he's, he walks I mean, around he really like, hey, was, how's it going? I mean, he was the first comedian I think to sell out the Garden two really? nights in a row. Yeah. It's crazy because I think Steve so Martin did the arenas first, but then. Then Dice. Because my generation does not know who Andrew Dice Clay is. I know. It's a, I said it to a 25-year-old kid on set, and I said, oh, you listen to Dice Clay? And he was like, who's that? And I was like, oh, wow. Yeah, but, but you're only 28. Yeah, so I guess he should have known him. Maybe yeah, he's a little bit younger. I don't know. I think but you only know him because of your comedy, because you do comedy. He's kind of a comedian's comedian. Like, Yeah, no, you're right. I probably If I wasn't doing stand-up, I probably – I don't know what made me look into him – Someone, I think I have an older. Fr- I always told you I have older friends, and yeah. I have an older friend who put me onto a lot of people that, oh, that might not have been hip to. Like I don't know if you ever listened to the Jerky Boys. No. Oh wow! So that's a now that's not amazing because they really are like they started in the late '80s, early '90s. The Jerky Boys are basically I mean, comedy. Oh yeah, comedy. But okay. They're, they're basically, and if you get a chance, you'll like love it. Love it. it's the best. Uh, I put them as honestly. Like, they're in, to me, the top five funniest of all time. Really? Which is, and I don't have any problem backing, like, that statement. It's all 100%. Right. Yeah, you you back the, uh, the whatever, Fat Joe, in, that statement, you back that up oh, pretty right. hard, People too. People yeah. asked me about Fat Joe, and I was, oh, yeah, because someone asked me about Fat Joe. They said, oh, when was his last hit? And I was like. It was a big thing, big, yeah. Huge hit. Okay, uh, Jerky Boys. But, okay, Jerky Boys, just so you know, and then we'll get to you. Uh, <laughs> the, uh. <laughs> They basically started prank phone call. I'm not saying they invented prank phone calling, but they did prank phone calling where they would call with different characters and then tape the conversations. And and the Jerky Boys are different than the Smothers Brothers? Smothers Brothers are when? Like, I don't know, f- f- 60s? Did they d- okay, so they did prank phone calls, right? No, no, no. They were just a duo. Just a, then I, I, I th- Somebody did. I don't, I don't know, know the Smother Brothers. I've okay. heard like vaguely of them, but I don't know them well enough. Like I just. I feel like How, what was their medium? Where did they do so, so phone prank phone calls? The main guy, Johnny Brennan. There was two guys, Johnny Brennan and Kamal, Indian guy. 
you don't see race, but he's Indian. Yeah, okay. Same, he might be in the doctor. Uh, uh, yeah. Kamal and uh, Johnny Brennan. Johnny Brennan, for the most part, I think, vo- voiced most of the... He did voice the majority of the characters. And they just were recording them on tapes, right? Like, just at home. Uh-huh. They, the Johnny Brennan and him, they had no desire to be in show business. They were just doing these prank phone calls. And then it, someone made a copy of the tape. And in the 80s, this was went viral, where the tapes got passed around. Next thing you know, huh. everyone was listening to them. And then Howard Stern played them on his thing. It literally went viral before anything could go viral. Yeah. And they became huge. And when they put their first That's album out, so what? So you would like be in high school and somebody would be like, I have this tape of yeah, this my funny f- thing. Yeah, my friend Russ, who's in his 50s, said that he remembers listening to this on cassette tapes. People were like, oh shit, have you heard this? I got this jerky. It's called the jerky. Like, it was just something. Wh- and then it, huh. then they got a record deal. And their first album, I mean, I don't know the total number of albums, but it's in the millions. They were nominated for a Grammy. Huh. It was crazy. They got a movie off of it from Disney. Really? Actually, yeah, Disney was actually the people that did their movie. It was called, um, I forget what it was called. I think it was just called the Jerky Boys movie. I'm but, so curious. This is but these dudes, basically, you've watched Ali G. Yeah. It's sort of like that, just with phone calls. Yeah, just comedians reacting to real people not right. understanding but the, they're But I would say the biggest comedians. thing is it's not like these guys are prank calling like, oh, hey, you know, fuck you and hanging up. They <laughs> had, like, characters that were the most so in depth and, and great background to them. They were so rich. Huh. And did the comedy come from the characters being these crazy characters, or was it the person not understanding that this character was a character and thinking this I, person? I mean, I think it's you know it's always a little bit of both, but I think more. I mean, every skit was like a great concept. So he calls up. He had this Italian character called Frank Rizzo, and he'd call up, you know, cremation services. And he'd ask if he could get his mother in a little bit early. She's not dead yet, but, you know, can we get her in a little bit early? And that would be the premise for that one. What's also remarkable about the dude is that he only recorded one of one. There's no, he wouldn't do 20 cremation services. The one he did is the one they put out, and he did that for all of them. So there's no extra what do you mean, no extra? Like, no. Like, so he didn't, like, you know, normally, let's say if we were going to go do something, right, we'd probably do that a few times, right? If we recorded that for an album and see what we could get, call a bunch of different creation yeah, services. And see he what the it, funniest one is. He did one. Huh. That's how, that's what I'm talking about, level of genius. Like, all of those things are one of one. He didn't do 10 of each thing. That's, it's crazy it's to me to think that that could take off. Dude, because when you hear it, like I said, it's hard for me to almost to describe to you. My friend Russ played it for me he, the first time. It was like maybe eight years ago. And he said, I, got, I found something in my room. This is like one of the original recordings from the album. He said, listen to it. As soon as he played it, I was like, oh, this is the best. Because it's just so good. The improv <laughs> skills and the stuff he's saying on top of his head, it's, it's literally like Larry David type of level. Like it's unreal. It's Ugh. so good. It's, it's insane. Oh, that's so cool, man. I'm gonna Google so, the shit out of that. Oh my dude, you're like if you they had seven albums, eight albums, like really, yeah. And, like and did I they said, get like mil- mainstream success? Millions, millions of records sold, millions, platinum, wow. millions. They got nominated for a Grammy, uh, one of the same years for that, a comedy album for a comedy album. And it was just phone. All their it albums was, were just phone calls, just prank phone calls, just phone calls. And by the way, you know who's in the group with them? It was like. Sam Kennison, Adam Sandler, that was else who was in the Grammy category for albums with him. Wow. 
and then he and they blew up. He was he ended up being in. They used him in a Mariah Carey video. MTV did a bunch of stuff with them. Movie and this guy did not plan on getting into show business. Okay, I'm, I gotta Google this man. I'm so sorry, but the Jerky Boys. The Jerky Boys. You you will love it. I'm so curious as and, oh, to. Oh, you want to know the most genius thing they did? Yes. They do the first two albums right where they call people right and they prank them and whatever and it's great. The third one, they took out ads and had people calling them. How genius is that? So they would like put up like a fake business, fake vi- fake thing, whatever it is, and then they'd call. People would be calling them. So how amazing is that? Because then you really think about it. You're calling someone you don't really about something that you think someone's interested in, and they're fucking with you. You wouldn't really expect that. So yeah. they're like saying, "Hey, you know, need workers," or "Hey, I'm looking to sell this." So usually, okay, so now I'm gonna call someone who's gonna be legit because they want me to buy their thing or something, and then they're and they're fucking, fucking with, with them. Oh my oh, god! It's the most. It's, it's crazy, dude. Looking at this thing, it, it looks first of all like the most '80s thing I've ever seen. Oh, let me see what you got. Like up just there. all the like cartoons and everything, all that stuff. Yeah. It so looks like, so here we're looking at a picture of Johnny Brown. So that's Johnny and Kamal. Johnny yeah, I think does. I, that. Yeah. I don't see race, but sometimes <laughs> on accident yeah. I'll accidentally see race. So they have three albums. I mean, I'm sorry. They have. They have more than three albums. Um, I was just looking at that one. Let's just see how much, though, Wikipedia. See, according to their current record label, they've sold over 8 million CDs since their 1993 debut. And let's see how many albums they have. See, the first one, Jerky Boys, was released in 93. They started in the late 80s, though. First one, Platinum, and I'm sure it's gone past that. Second one, Platinum. That's fucking crazy. crazy. Third one, Gold. Fourth one, um... I don't know. It's not saying, but four, five, six. So there's about six, seven albums. And and the first two are the only ones to go platinum. Sharp decline. I mean, that's what it says on Wikipedia. No, I mean the, well, the first third one went gold. That's still, still pretty good. Gold is nice. Gold is th- the, I don't the know, best thing I, you can do in the Olympics. Yeah, I don't know what the what the other ones did. They all I think did well because they start getting made. But like, like I said, every skit is hilarious. That's the thing that's about it. Like, that's oh, yeah. why I put them in the five because it's like. The level of genius that they were, and the the continuous punch is something. Even the best episodes of SNL have a sketch that is lackluster. Dude, I don't like. I said it's almost me and my friend Russ talk about it all the time. We're like every line of the skit is quotable. But like you just throw out like there's people who are big fans. You throw out the littlest quote, they know exactly what the fuck you're talking but about. But even like, good. but like, understand that like I am so on board for this. Mm-hmm. But the only thing I've ever really heard is you saying this is great. I have to take your word for it. I, I'm like so excited here, but I could listen to it. I could. T- it could totally not be for me, and all of this would have been a but, lie. But at least I. But I've gotten to know you this past couple yeah. of months, and I think, and I'm so confident in that. Whew. I'm so confident. I all have right. No you you put it. You said earlier some of the best comedians of all time. I literally this to me. This is some of the best comedy I've ever heard in my life. Damn, dude. In my life, you're I selling mean, the I jerky was, boys was, so hard right now. I, I love. I was laughing. The uh, so hard, like just unbelievable. The way, like I, I couldn't believe what I was hearing. It's just, it's he plays a Jew. He's one, like he has a Jewish character on there. And, and just keep in mind, this is was done in the late eighties, early nineties. So they were one of the first ones, you know, to do it. It wasn't no like a mil- way. No, not the. Fir- I'm not saying in the, the first, early nineties. There's got to be. No, I'm sure there were. Pe- there's always someone before, but I'm just meant like, if I told you now in 2017 I have a Jewish character, you wouldn't be like, oh, ooh, wow. But yeah. I'm just saying back then doing it 
in a different way. Yeah. He's still relatively new. Okay. So he has a character called Sal Rosenberg. It's the funniest fucking <laughs> character you've ever... He, he's trying to... At one point, he's trying to buy a turnstile for his house. You know, like the subway turnstile? Yeah. So he calls a turnstile company, and he wants one for his walkway. <laughs> and it's like... And again, you have to hear it, but he's like... I'm just going to let you hear it because yeah. I'm not going to. Yeah, it, you might have raised the bar far too high for me to I'm actually enjoy this. I'm not worried. Yeah. Look at my face. Damn, dude. Not you're even so worried for a second. Boys. But also, things get dated, man. It, Watching fucking. Joey's the, not dated. 100%. The original George Carlin is great. Dated. Yeah. First episode of SNL. Neat. Dated. Eddie Murphy's stuff. Dated. Richard Pryor, dated. Well, you know what's funny? Eddie Murphy, if you watch Delirious, right? Mm-hmm. Like his first bit is so funny because it's, it's not even dated in the sense of comedy. It's more dated just, I guess, of, I guess PC, but also where we are now in the world. Because it's literally his first bit. He's like, says something about, uh, I always exaggerated for the joke, but he always says something like, uh, yeah, is there any faggots in the room? And it's like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. He's like, I got to keep moving because he has like some joke about keeping it moving because, you know, you know, uh, faggots see you, you know, in a tight leather. Like it was something like that yeah. where he said, use the word and faggots it's just like, whoa. twice. Yeah. It was a crazy it's bit. a lot. I was watching. Uh, I might be misquoting it, guys, but it's from Ri- Delirious and he says faggots. I at think least it was Richard Belzer in like an old, not live at Gotham, kind of live at Gotham style of comedy special. And he was like, oh, that's weird how the black man walks. Black man walks so weird, and I like f- thought, oh, like. And who's uh, saying this? George Carlin. This is Richard Belzer. Oh, Richard Belzer. And he's talking. He was like, "Oh, black man walks so funny," and I was like, "Okay, that's first of all strange that that's the premise of your joke is like black people walk funny." Yeah. As a white guy, that's something that like audiences now would turn on. Audiences then were like, "That was already a big, big enough laugh of the show." Right. And then he goes into how black people walk, and I didn't realize like it was the seventies. And so he's walking like a like a disco, like big long strides, like hey, like completely different from how I was expecting the bit to go. <laughs> living in like twenty yeah, yeah, to two yeah. thousands, and it was just the f- strange. It's more just cartoonish like, at this <laughs> yeah, point, right? Exactly. Yeah, it's not even like it was like whoa, and I was like okay, and they were all like oh, so relatable. But I'm like it's just it's like he's doing it's like a cartoon of a stand up. Yeah, like how yeah. black people walk. They walk like this. It's like it was just. I don't well, you know. know. There's certain guys like Gilbert Godfrey, though, who could probably still get away with jokes in that vein. I don't oh, know yeah. if you've ever seen Gilbert yeah, perform, of course. but he's like yeah. that level. He pushes the line. But yeah. But I it's mean, not even about pushing shit. the line, but like that wasn't that wasn't a joke that was pushing like, ooh, he makes a joke about how black people walk. Like the joke was black people walk funny. And that was the joke. <laughs> black people walk like funny. it wasn't like it wasn't like the punchline was and that's why black people walk funny. I should be going to stage and open up with that, see how that goes. Yeah, you should. Guys, you know how black people walk? <laughs> they walk <laughs> It's funny. so different, right? It's so different. But and you do the most cliche, cool walk that's yeah, just so right? stupid. But, like, that's what I was expecting was, yeah, like, yeah. cliche, cool walk. And then just to be, like, mocking how the, like, black people walked in the 70s. I don't know. It was There's just, like, disco shit. <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah, like, yeah. it was such a different thing. I'm sure thing white guys walk probably like that, too. In oh, that, yeah. I would this, love Yeah. yeah. Everybody walks different. Walking has been evolving <laughs> since humans been able to do it. I haven't been able to uh, figure out the walk yet. I'm yeah? still struggling. Dude, it's it's all about heel to ball of foot. I have bad posture. Really? So, yeah. I don't know. You're you a tall noticed? guy. No, I've never noticed your yeah. bad posture. People make fun of me how I walk. Really? Oh, like a Muppet? I don't With know. If I, no, I don't walk. No, I don't walk. No, I like hunched. Oh, that's, yeah. w- that's bad, yeah. Yeah, I walk like, uh, yeah, me and Pete Davidson, I think I have the same, like, oh, hunched yeah? over. I love Pete walk. Davidson. Yeah. Do you know Pete at all? You I guys know, both young, know young guys. Yeah. He's I started so cool. with Pete. He started right. Oh, really? Me. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. We both did like a, 
a bringer show together. <laughs> I was like, he had to be 16, I guess. His mom wow. was there. And I was there in, you're going to love this. You'll appreciate this. He still talks about it to this day, about me being in a full velour Atlanta Hawks warm-up suit. Oh, Jesus <laughs> it Christ. Was, like, it was like a breakaway. And this was just <laughs> me on a normal day. Like, it wasn't like, Yeah, you dude, know. I, I don't think that's a special occasion for you. I see you dress all, the da- yeah, all, I mean, all day on, long. But you see me at a party last night. I came in fitting yeah, jeans. Yeah, you came in a pea coat you never took off. Pea coat. Yeah, I, it was a little cold then. No, it wasn't. <laughs> no, it's a nice wasn't. warm bowl of galley. The Pico just made the outfit. I get it. You're right. Stick Sorry. to it, man. You got me. Yeah, you of fucking course. You got me. Look at this hoodie over this nice black shirt I'm wearing. <laughs> this is a plan. <laughs> this, I didn't throw this on. Who are your comedy influences? Uh, Who do you really I grew to? up like, we watched comedy every night. Who's I, I, we? My family. Okay. I, like, there was Comedy Central Presents on Fridays. We watched all the stand-up specials. But when I got, like, the internet was like changed it all like all i would watch all day long were com- college humor live had okay. a had a broadcast of their show and i'd watch all that so like when hannibal burris and pete holmes and then were making a name for themselves i was like on the forefront of watching them and eric andre and tj miller and all the people that are bigger now Interesting. but like yeah eight nine years ago they were just they had some stand-up online and so i'd watch that and so what wait because seven years ago you were how old Seven years, I was 13. I that's started seven so years ago. fucking weird. Yeah. that's when I started stand-up. Seven years ago? Yeah. Oh, wow. So Whoa. That's weird that, like... That we were doing thir- it at the same time. Yeah, we were doing... That's weird that you were doing it at the same time. Yeah. And you were... I saw your stand-up at 14. Yeah. And you were funnier than me. Oh, sorry, man. No, my second... When I started comedy and then seeing you do stand-up at that age, it's unbelievable. Yeah, it's... Because now it's like... You were like ahead of the like, curve. But... Yeah. Uh... Yeah, I mean, just the way you were able to be on stage at all like that. Oh, yeah. It took me, like, at least three, four years to really be- get the knack of it. Like, I was funny. Yeah. I could be funny on stage, but as far as, like... Finding your voice, comfortable yeah, yeah, voice. Or yeah. comfortable voice. Or, or I being think, like, I think so much of that came from just being a kid. And, I don't know, I think you... You want some water, by the way? Because I feel no, bad drinking. No, I'll okay. get it. It looks delicious. It looks really hydrating, though. <laughs> um but like finding finding your voice when you're a kid and doing it like it never felt like a job like now i feel like i'm i'm working all day and then i go night and then i want to go do stand up and i want to go do it but because it's in la and it's not san francisco and it's more of a grind it feels more like a job when back then it felt like a hobby so back sure. then i was doing it every night because it was like and you weren't thinking about it really no, yeah. hard right and it when was you just, first started yeah it wasn't like i was all the other comedians were like hoping to make it I was just doing it because I old. loved it. Yeah. So, okay, so how did you, when you were 13 years old, when did you say, I'm going to do stand-up or I'm going to so, go out there? So I watched a bunch of stand-up. I, like, stand-up was my favorite, but I never got how it was done. I just never understood, like, I get that it was all written beforehand, but I didn't get how you would write it. I just didn't, it just didn't make, like, sensible sense to me. Sensible sense. See, obviously I'm not that great of a writer. <laughs> but it didn't make sense how I would start yeah like i didn't really understand it wasn't any it was something that was always in the back of my head and then i saw the movie funny people mm. the um adam sandler a great friend of both of ours yes uh absolutely uh and jed apatow i've by the way never met him right but um i've heard he's seen my things and i have heard he's a huge fan <laughs> so um i saw that movie and i kind of understood at 13 at i was like 12 yeah 12 wow and i got kind of just how it was done, how they would write the jokes mm. and perform them and work on them, because that was the, what the movie was about. So that was kind of a life-changing movie. 
Kind of, yeah. Yeah, I loved it. Because it showed you the ropes. Yeah, it kind of... Sh- I love funny people. I, I got... It, yeah, like, I, it was... Yeah, it just showed me the real side of it as opposed to all I was seeing was the one-hour stand-up specials, and that was just a daunting thing to go, I want to do that. But now I get that, like, you have five minutes for years, and then you have ten minutes for... You know what Who I mean? Who do you relate to more in that movie? Are you more like Randy, or are you more like Jonah Hill? That's uh, the only two choices I'm giving you. I know. I don't know, <laughs> man. <laughs> no, because Jonah, you know, he's like kind of jealous at it with Seth yeah. and everything like that. I love when Seth goes, "Yeah, I got a job writing for George Simmons." Why? <laughs> I think I'm. I think I'm Seth I'm Rogen kidding, for I'm the kidding. fact, oh, of course. Yeah. But for the fact that I feel like I haven't had that much of a struggle. Like I feel like it kind of like things have worked out for me. Sure. Very well. Sure. And so I'm always like, when you start that young, I mean, you you almost you have a leg up a hundred percent. I, Which yeah. is great, but it, that's exactly what I was. I was talking. There's about. nothing wrong with that. No, I didn't, and I didn't realize it was something I was going to do that was going to turn into something I would do for the rest of my life. That's I love awesome. it. I but yeah. I didn't. But I never went in with the mindset of this is going to happen, and then I'm going to do this. I was like, I loved. I want to do stand up. I'm going to do stand up, and then I'll go to college, and then whatever the fuck. But then it just like, then I got the Disney show, and then I got. Well, so okay, so just back up. So working. we got. Okay, um, funny people. Yeah. So, so here's, here's funny finishing that. So I saw funny people. I like figured out how it was. I figured out how the writing process was was worked. I filled like I guess a notebook full of like funny premises. Okay. And my brother found it just because that's what older brothers do. Rummage through your shit, and was like, "Oh, these are funny," and I was like, "Cool." I have <laughs> my older brother's confirmation. I can. I got to do it. Like, I got to do stand-up. But I didn't know where to go, how to start. I didn't get – there were open mics. I just didn't understand. I sent – you know Pete Holmes? Mm-hmm. I sent Pete Holmes a Facebook message because I friended him on Facebook because I was a big fan of him. Sure. He replied with, like, a big, long reply on, like, oh, if wow. I can't find stage time to make my own stage time, it's just about going up as much as you can. Did you know how old you were? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and so, and so I did – yeah, I, I sent – I did Nick Kroll. I did T.J. Miller. Like I was, yeah. Before they blew up, I would find them on Facebook, and then I would like ask for their advice, send them my tape, and be like, "Take a look and give me advice That's if awesome. you can." Yeah. So it worked. That like, I feel like helped me out so much with c- confidence-wise. And then I I went up at a, a coffee house in San Jose. My my first joke was. First of all, I, I went like there twice and I was too nervous to even go up. But how did you up. get there? Your parents drove you? Yeah, my dad drove. So you told yeah. you what you when your parents told you when you I told, told your my parents. My dad was my dad is so like the most supportive guy in the world. My mom my cuz my dad was raised Jehovah's Witness. Okay. And they didn't get anything. You don't, you don't get birthdays or holidays or anything. So whenever my dad whenever I want to do anything, my dad's like I got to be the most supportive parent cuz my parents weren't. I told my mom and my mom was like, "No, you're going to kill yourself. All comedians kill themselves." I don't want you to kill yourself. She that serious? She wasn't serious. She was just more dismissive okay. of it. And my dad was like, like I, I can't believe how much, how selfless my dad was in the time. Because like, I can barely take myself out after a long day of work to go out and do stand-up. But my dad was doing it every night. What just, does your father do? Uh, he's a teacher. My parents are both public school both teachers. Both public school teachers. What do yeah. they teach? He teaches uh, library media in elementary. My mom teaches high school math. Gotcha. Yeah. And so it was like, without him, I wouldn't have been able to do it because he was just, he was like, I was doing stand-up every night for three years, straight years. So you would just take you out every single night? Yeah, every you night. you do open mics or? There was San Francisco. So it was a, there was a lot going on. I would do, I would do open mics. Then I would do, and I would 
do showcases. I'd work weekends, and it would just it just start the what ball. What was rolling. the grind like there at that time? Was there a lot of waiting on those open mics? Was there, there was one? There's one um, comedy club called the Punchline yeah, in San Francisco, that, yeah. and that's the the big one. And you would go every Sunday, wait for the showcase for a year, and then they'd you'd wait for Molly to come up and whisper in your ear, "You got five minutes after Kumal," whatever. And then that was the only club that had that going for it everything else was you would just do open mics you'd meet people they'd book you on shows they would see you then you would do weekends it was pretty so there was like bar shows and stuff yeah and like comedy competitions and i won a few of those and you're like and obviously i'm assuming there wasn't too many 13 year olds no i was the only one i mean there were like a few other younger guys so did you notice quickly that you were kind of getting attention because you were young doing it yeah but i didn't think it was i yeah i got a lot of attention a lot really fast and that felt like and I got a lot of hate, too, because these people that have been in San Francisco doing it for six years. Oh, sure. Suddenly this kid, I've been doing it for two years, and I'm right on and par with them. Plus, they know where it's going. Yeah. Like, oh. And so I like that was a big, a hard thing to deal with sometimes. But, like, fuck, I didn't really care that much. Like, I don't give a fuck what some 30-year-old waitress that wants to be a comedian, if she thinks that I've buzzed past her because I was a little kid. Like, fuck off, dude. Just be ha- like, be happy for the people around you getting success. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, hating on somebody else isn't going to help. Yeah. Like I remember, I I used to be. I would. We'd go to the punchline every Sunday, and I wouldn't go up. And I used to like be able to stand on the stairs, and all the comedians would be hanging out outside, and I would be able to like tune into each conversation and hear each person talking about me. So wait, where are you standing? You can overhear this. I would just at the. At the punchline, there's like stairs and then like an outside. So area. They, there's a way you they could not see you. And no, they could listen. see me. They just weren't looking. And I just remember just I just have this va- this memory of standing there and like looking at that conversation, hearing and being able to tell they're talking about me. That conversation they're talking about me, and it was just it was. And what very was you remember what they said? No, just negative. They just weren't negative. loving it. Yeah. And you were young at this point. Yeah. And I had like people, and I had really good friends and people that would stick up for me, and most people were, but they were. Well, it's kind of weird though to be shitting on a thirteen-year-old. Even yeah, way. but like I get it too. If these people have been waiting here for a year, I waited like eight months, and I got. No, up I know it's just hard to have hostility if I'm a grown person. Oh, dude, I, I, I yeah, I think that's because you're a real good guy. As <laughs> it's opposed a little to fucking weird to be like. Yeah, man. <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah, it's just that I couldn't contemplate that. Yeah, yeah, right. And then, and then I started going down to L.A. and then I started acting. It really slowed down. When I got my Disney Channel show, which is like my biggest regret right now, is that I wish, I wish I would have just had the mental capacity to do both as hard as I could have. Because I did live in Maddie, and I would like cancel shows because I would my filming schedule would get moved around or things like that. And then I got worried about not not wanting to be the guy that was canceling shows. And then I stopped doing as many shows and I stopped performing as much and well let's just go if we can just a little bit in chronological so you're doing stand-up at 13 you start mm-hmm. to get more attention so what happens okay 14 15 you're now you're two years in what's <laughs> going on when I was after two years in 15 I made my first trip to LA to do a show called uh, Bay Hilaria at the Hollywood Improv Bay Hilaria okay. yeah it was about it was uh Comedians from the Bay Area would come down to L.A. and do a show. Gotcha. And I did Bay Hilaria. And then uh, the owner of Tommy T's, Tommy T himself. Okay. His name is Tommy Thompson, which is hilarious. Um, would go, took, like, came with me because he, like, a lot of people attach themselves to be the people that would be able to be responsible if I became anything. Sure. And he came down to L.A. and got me a bunch of other shows. 
in part got me this agent that was there to that he asked to watch me that booked a lot of his comedians and there also happened to be a manager there that was watching some other comedian i left and then the manager and agent came out we stayed a few more extra days in la i met with them i signed with both of them like right away and then uh went back home doing stand-up again started doing like auditions like self-tapes and would send that in it's like six months and i booked a disney xd pilot called gulliver quinn i was like 16 so was this like the first big like big opportunity as far as i think so it was I mean, now what was your just before you get to that though what was your stand-up like two years in how looking back at it now how were the I like how it. were the jokes like how was it? I thought it was strong. I think I I think I was a much better stand up back then than I am now. Were you cursing? No, I didn't curse. The worst word I said was whore. Was I that on purpose? Because you yeah. knew you were a kid. Because I didn't and people want people didn't. I didn't be want the off. cheap. I, no, I didn't want cheap laughs. I didn't want to feel like I wasn't earning somebody's. I didn't want to go up there and be like, "What's a pussy?" You know, and get like, "Ha ha ha!" This kid doesn't know what a pussy. I wanted a real joke that would catch somebody by surprise. That would be funny right. regardless of who it was told by. Right. So okay. I I th- I thought it was strong. I think it's strong. Okay. Like no, I I've saw some of the stand up at the Ice House yeah. and I think you were I think you were 14. Yeah. I and think like I was watching I was like holy shit like it's Jokes kept got better and better. I did an hour no, in Reno. No, you had good jokes. Yeah. I I saw it. I was just like I just couldn't believe that uh it was weird to see a kid kind of adult like doing stand up. Yeah. Looks like you knew how to like be on stage and stuff like that. It was like an odd and it, it was funny like you could tell like people were when they were laughing, like there was also some, I think, surprise laughter. Like they couldn't believe a kid yeah. was telling jokes, but you weren't really phased. But you were like just going, yeah. like a regular comedian. So it's weird to see someone that. No, young. yeah, I think that was because like uh, I always, you get this, or I get this stigma when I tell people like I was a stand-up when I was thirteen, because there's a lot now of kids that are just like they'll go to a comedy camp and then they'll go like I want my my teacher didn't believe that my dog ate my homework so I brought my dog's poo with my homework chunks in it to prove her wrong haha <laughs> like oh the kid uh, funny joke obviously written by either a parent or whatever the fuck right and I that was my biggest fear was that people were gonna think that I was that I've never heard that but okay they're like if you Google like kid comedians, they exist. Oh really? Yeah. And they're just I, all kind of the. It's like a child actor. It's not like like Dakota Fanning was amazing because she wasn't. She was a child actor that didn't act like a child actor. Right. And that was the kind of my thing. I didn't want to be a kid comedian. I wanted to be a comedian that happened to be a kid. Right. Gotcha. And it, I, and it, I guess it, I mean it obviously it worked out for me. Yeah, it paid and off. I'm here, but it's like now I'm going to that mode of. Now, because I wasn't doing stand-up like that. So when you started doing your shows, let's go in order. We might as well go in order. I can't go. I, I know. You, you want to keep bringing it to this uh, present time. <laughs> I just jumping you. back, jumping so, all over the place. So, okay, you're 15. You get this pilot. Uh-huh. Or it was either a pilot or a movie first. Either a Nickelodeon movie or a Disney pilot first. But they came right next to each other virtually. Okay. And but I can't what happens which one with first. that? Uh, movie comes out. Eh. Okay. It does all right. But it's still a big opportunity. Yeah. Like you did yeah, your mo- first. Yeah, it was my first and thing. You had, and then had you taken acting classes? Or you no. Anything? It was just you. No, I still haven't taken an acting class. Yeah, I Whoops. mean, sometimes people say that's it can be better depending on. I mean, I've taken acting classes, but I've never like done like formal formal training. And yeah, took a I bet you. I bet you. As soon as I said that, Alan Covert somewhere was like, oh. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> Makes so much sense. <laughs> but no, but I mean, because the the. 
the teacher said to me in acting class, he said, you don't have any bad habits. You yeah. Know? Which I think sometimes kid people who go to acting class yeah. develop kind of affected I think habits. Like Disney Channel was kind of my acting class. Like you're sure. doing like, it's like theater. You're like acting at a 10 times what the emotion you would actually be feeling in that situation. It's like yeah. everything's heightened, everything's crazy. And then it's easier to bring it back down when doing things like what we're doing now. Mm-hmm. I think that it was – I don't think I need an acting class. I think that if I wanted to do something like what Daniel Day-Lewis does, I would need an acting class or just some kind of like formal training to not fucking kill myself out of stress. Right. But I think that a lot of it is because I found my voice on stage and stand-up. I think it's up. also maybe the type of acting classes you take or, or not letting it interfere with like you still being yeah, they're natural. Different. Like, I mean, like for instance, like Larry Moss – He's a legendary acting coach. He coaches DiCaprio, Hillary Swank, everybody. You know? Okay. He does a workshop. I'll now. send him an email. Yeah. No, he's he's great. But like working with like a guy like that, like he, you know, he understands the medium between you do a lot of plays and then, but he understands the yeah. medium between doing plays and then doing film. And he's like, I don't know how to describe, but I guess because he's so good, he really, uh, you're not getting like, uh, I don't know how to articulate it, but you're not getting. Like, pigeonholed into a certain way of acting? I don't know. Like, I'm thinking your vision of, like, acting class is, like, not maybe the vision of, like, certain acting classes. Oh, like no, I'm I don't fucking of. know. Yeah, no, I have no you know idea. what I mean? Like, I'm thinking of, like, you know. Me saying, like, I wouldn't like an acting class is, like, a like a professional driver that's working as a professional driver that's never, that doesn't have his driver's license going, like, I don't want my, you know like what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. I'm in a very good place to right. say I don't need an acting class just is. Yeah, well, because I'm not saying, like, oh, you need an acting class. I'm saying they can sometimes, they also can benefit, oh, you yeah. know, like, uh, yeah, dude. certain workshops. But I not don't fucking like, know shit. Like, no, I but, I mean, but it's probably paid off for you, too, because, like I said, just kind of being natural and just having instincts That's what goes I, a long way. I do think that, like, like I, found, I found my voice in stand-up. My voice in stand-up is my voice with comedies. And all I want to do really is comedies. Yeah. And when I feel when I'm doing like dramatic stuff, like I do, like I did an episode of Criminal Minds, and I've done little things here and there. It's this just feels lazy. Like it feels like I'm not, I'm not trying to. Like when I'm in a comedy, I'm like, I want to find my natural funniest reaction or the funniest thing to say or the funniest way to do this. Right. When you're doing a like drama, for me, it just feels like I'm not doing anything at all. Like I'm not making any choices. Right. I'm just feeling things subtly. Hmm. And that's what like that's why they say comedy's hard and drama's easy, but I think that's just because comedy is for some people and then drama is for other people. Yeah. Like I don't specifically want to do like like I don't know if I could do punch drunk love. You know what I mean? Like, right. Cuz you're just saying it's you just don't you don't get a like a thrill out of doing yeah, drama. Yeah, it's not it like, like I went to an acting class. I audited in a, a friend's acting class. There was scene study, and they're like, we'll go up, and they'll do a scene from... Right, that's what I took, whatever. yeah. Yeah, they'll do a scene from some sad fucking play where they're playing a sad fucking person, and they have to pretend how sad they are, and then they go off stage, and the acting coach is like, you know, your lip quivered too much, and I feel like you're thinking about that, and you just gotta live in the character, and then next week they do it again, and it just seems like a monotonous thing that well, is not something I want to do. Right, I mean, does it also kind of just seem, like, depressing to you? Like, you don't want to be that... I mean, you don't want to be in that type I'm of... Not depressing, just like... I don't know. It's it's like going to college and wanting to be a biology major but having to take math classes. 
Like it's not because you just want to do comedy. It's I just want to do comedy. Yeah, I don't want to do. do, some... do I, yeah. it's it's. I would I, I will do it. I would like to do it, but I'm not going to go out of my way and take up so much of my time. Sure. Doing something when I also could be going to Groundlings or doing stand up at night or yeah, doing yeah, other no, things I, that I, I feel it. like is gonna. Yeah. No. Hundred percent. But also, dude, like, one of the big things is I have no fucking idea. Like I have no, I don't know anything. Yeah, well, you might. Who knows? You might change your mind in ten years. You know, yeah. you do twenty comedies, and yeah. all of a sudden you go, oh, maybe I will try. Yeah, or I'll I'm figure gonna, it out. I mean, all like, these, you know, a lot of guys like Jim Carrey, they want yeah. to do something serious or. Do and something. I have fun. Like I, I look at fucking Chris Pratt as Guardians of the Galaxy, and I'm like, I would like to do that a little more serious. Even in this movie that we're doing right now, I'm a very, I'm the straight man. Right. I'm and very. There's been a few dramatic moments. There are dramatic moments. Like, yeah, and like sad or when you lost your job and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, and like I can get there and I can and I have fun, but I don't feel I don't have that confidence that I have with other things. Like if I, if you were to put me on stage for ten minutes, I can confidently get through it and feel like I I'm I deserve to be up there. But then I do something like that, and the lack of confidence I feel like is a bigger deal than. The, the confidence in other things. You know what I mean? Like, if if somebody else could be doing what I'm doing and be confident, it would be a much better product than me non-confidently doing what I think I should be doing. Right. Was because the drama, was Criminal Minds hard for you, or you just... It was just, it felt like nothing. Like, it felt like I was sitting there. I didn't like it. I didn't watch it and like my performance, which was another thing. But I just feel like it's... Well, why do you think you got it, then? I don't know. <laughs> I have a lot of Instagram followers. <laughs> I, 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 there's someone gave like a winning performance and you came in they were like look at his phone oh yeah dude oh, it's a big yeah you would be Wrap so surprised up, yeah um, send a fucking dm asking if he's available yeah, asking if he's weeks. available other guy just gave an oscar winning but he has two followers on twitter but it's also like i don't know man i could like I, I, that's, that's good of you to say that though it's a funny yeah, th- yeah. i uh, instagram i i don't know you go into auditions to show your instagram account <laughs> and leave dude i went into this audition for Oh, it wasn't this. No, it wasn't this. No, it wasn't. Uh, where the casting associate, who's a friend of mine, goes, "Ugh, now I gotta send Warner Brothers all everybody's social media following," and I was like, "I have two million on Instagram, a hundred thousand on on Twitter, the two main ones. That's all right, right? Like that's not bad to have." And he was like, mm. "Really? Yeah, because well, of those people that are like influencers on Jesus. YouTube and stuff that have fucking millions on every platform." You can't compete when when with stuff like that. Jesus, I, I didn't know. know two million is. Yeah, ask him how uh, 1900s. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because um, like that's how I felt about this movie we're doing now. Like there are things like, I just I I, f- I feel like a lot of what my success comes from is pure right place, right time luck. Well, I mean, you make your own luck too. Yeah, but you like know, everything is. But you if know, I wouldn't putting yourself have out there. But like I, I'm, d- I, if I wouldn't have started stand up from then, I wouldn't be here. Right. And I feel like I've been riding that wave for a yeah, while. Yeah, I know. But what I'm saying to you, but that's not really luck, then. Yeah, but like I know. But now I'm an adult, and now it's like I, I, I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just a depressed pessimist. So. Well, okay. So 15. Say, when do you get your TV show that you did? What's the name of the show that? Went oh, on? Live and Maddie. Living on Live and Maddie. Live and Maddie. Yeah. Okay. On Disney Channel, you mean? Yeah. On Disney Channel. Only, yeah, only show. And that went on for how long? Four years. Four years. Yeah. And what your you were support you were star of that show supporting. I was yeah I was second bill. I was the supporting. I was the brother, the kooky brother. Gotcha. Yeah. And and how was that experience being on there? Um, dude, like the most amazing thing. It's like the it was a perfect mix, going from stand up to acting. Because it's like an intensive. Like every week we're doing a different episode. It's a sitcom, which is 
classic TV timing. Audience was there and everything. Live audience was there, but the filmed only filmed where filmed at Hollywood Center Studios in okay. L.A. And it was amazing. It was like a it was like film school. I learned so much about like acting. I feel so much more confident with my comedic acting voice because of that. And it was great. It was like fucking. Did it was like, you? And did you? That's when you stopped doing stand up as much when you got that show. Yeah, I stopped doing like there were periods that were two months went by where I didn't do a show and like. Yeah, well, I've been on this movie. You, when you're working on a movie, it's tough to yeah get up. Yeah, so. and I'm like gonna go up next weekend, but still like. Yeah. I've had I, I just I have a hard time motivating myself to do it because I feel like I'm gonna go up and I'm not gonna be as good as I was when I was a kid. Like, that's so, such a scary thought to me for people to go, oh, he was only good because he was a, a little kid. Okay, but you were how old? So when you finished the show, how old were you? When I finished Living Maddie, I was 20. You were 20? It ended last year, yeah. It ended last year, it's wow. It's been a year. It's been a year in June. Okay. So yeah. you were doing that show, and that's pretty much was your main show. You maybe had done some yeah. other things here and I, there. I did, yeah, I did, like, little little movies, but, yeah. But how many episodes were a season for a Disney show? We did 80 total episodes, wow. so yeah, we had like 20 episodes a season. So w- during that four years, you were doing stand-up just sporadically? Yeah, here okay. and there, sporadic. And was do- ha- being on that show, did that help you kind of in terms of like stage time or getting up easier? Um, I-, I thought it would more than it does. L.A. is a very weird beast to tackle stand-up yeah, in. Yeah, definitely. Because it's like w- in, in San Francisco when I was the one showing up being like, hey, can I get put up? In L.A., that's Dan Cook and Jeff Ross and T.J. Miller. So the little guy has a lot harder time getting on the stage. Definitely. And so things like this help me with that. But it's also like things like this aren't stand-up credits. Things like this. Well, you know, the, we'll see. I mean, I think yeah, and I doing a big comedy, R.A. Yeah. comedy. I have. Different, and I did um, fourth season of Livin' Maddie. My character wanted to start to do stand-up. And I started doing stand-up in the show that I was able to write all oh, of. Oh, cool. I wrote, like... Yeah, I saw, I saw a clip from that. Yeah. Yeah, I that was cool. did, like, 20 minutes, and it was a really, really neat experience, and, like, that was I liked such you a going up payoff. pretending like you kind of didn't know, right? Like, you kind of... Yeah, knowing, I got to right? be tentative at first acting, yeah. man. So, again, acting class doesn't teach me shit. I know how to be fucking anxious. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that ends... That's kind of cool. That's kind of quick, though. So you get the show. Yeah, that's what, like, that's. I was talking to my brother about this. Like, I have such a weird version of depression because I am so pessimistic that I don't think things are going to are gonna go well. I just have this. Oh, me too. I think I'm going to lose everything. Yeah, exactly. I can't, and it's a horrible way to live. But things have been going steadily well for me. Since Living Maddie, I've been um, developing this, this show, writing this movie. I have booked, I did Wet Hot American Summer, I did Criminal Minds, I did a couple episodes of some other shows, I'm doing this. Like, my life seems to be too good to be true. Like that, That's too so funny. T- I, I mean, you have less reason to think about that than me, just because you started earlier. Um, but, I mean, I've had a pretty good life yeah. since start my career at 13, but I think the exact same way. I always think, you know, I'm here's how fucking crazy I am. If I'm in, like, a bad mood or something's going on and I'm, like, let's say rude to someone or I'm just, like, didn't feel like talking to someone or just didn't do something, right? Like, I'm just talking about daily life. Yeah. I will think, oh, shit, now this next thing I want to do career-wise, I'm not going to get because, like, karma's going <laughs> to fuck yeah, me. And you would think I murdered someone. That's yeah. Like, I'm, it's literally, like, me just, yeah. like, I don't— But you, like, expect things to go wrong and then when they go right, you're like, well, it's— Oh, it's I'm coming. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, it's coming. I can't it's wait to right see around the corner. Left. And yeah, the, and I and the again, odds are not in your favor. I, th- you know what? Because also, I guess 
I feel like oh, every <laughs> day I have to like appreciate it because it's so. I mean, you know, this business is. Re- I mean, the percentage. Oh yeah. Like for what me and you are doing right now, the percentages we're talking are. Yeah, they are really crazy. No, yeah, now, absolutely. I still believe if you work hard and you're persistent and you're, uh, you can make your own luck. And I believe at, you can do it. Because by the way, I've been doing stand for seven years, but I was starting to write scripts in high school. So in, in essence, yeah. I've been kind of doing it for like yeah. twelve years. You know what I mean? So yeah, it took, you know, eight years to get anywhere. But still, you know yeah, I mean? but so. still, you're young. Like twenty eight is. Right, no, yeah, yeah, it's not to be doing what you're doing, man. It feels sure. Yeah. No, d- definitely. I mean, compared, right. And I still think, oh, I wish I had started at 17. Yeah, you exactly. You know, I'm like, oh, fuck, I wish I had known that. But, like, that's what people used to tell me when I was, oh, I wish I would have started at your age. I wish I would have started at your age. Yeah, no, I could see like, that. But that w- then I wouldn't be so special, you know? <laughs> so like, I'm glad you I'm didn't glad have you that didn't. light bulb. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm no, glad I was right. the only one with this thought. Well, you, you're right, because in New York, you know New York is, like, even more comics. Yeah. I think New York has is also. Is it more comics, but it's also more stages. I, the reason I think it's more comics is because, I mean, look, I'm not in L.A. all the time, so I don't know. L.A., I know there's a lot. But New York, I think, has more comics that are like, I'm basing this off on nothing, but I just think more comics that stick around. Yeah. So I feel like you just, I don't know. I mean, again, L.A., I did walk in one night. I was going to do a show at Flappers, and I said, what's going on in the bar? And they're like, what's well, the open mic? I'm like, Jesus, it's like fucking 50 people. And I was like, oh, my. And I'm all I was thinking to myself was, oh, I'm so happy. I'm pat. Like, I yeah. just, I paid my dues. I will still go every now and then do an open mic. Like, after I do, like, after I did an arena show, I went to do an open <laughs> mic the next day just because I like to get that, yeah. like, feel. Like and that- plus, I, I actually, it's the best place to work out new jokes. Yeah. But in New York, it's so much easier to go to an open mic. One, because I know the scene and I know people. But it's just, there's more of them. In LA, it seems like a nightmare. Oh, dude, it's so and it like seems that's crazy. And open mics are first of all mostly raffles, and oh. you pay for them, which and is then you awful. Don't know if you get up, I've heard like there's yeah. lotteries. Yeah, that's le- legitimate that, insanity. Because I'm like that's legitimate. Because I go and it's there to work on shit, so that when I have a show, a real show that's not an open mic that I've been booked on, I don't feel like I'm trying material out for the first time, and I don't want to have to wait. For fucking three hours at a place where I'm performing in front of other comedians, not even knowing for sure if I'm going to go up my whole night just to work out three minutes that I then want to perform in my seven minute set at the Ice House. No. Like, that's the struggle for me is that yeah, I, yeah. it is so much time that I'm like, I, I, I just, I don't have this time. No. I'm working until fucking eight o'clock at night and then I go and I wait at this fucking open mic. And then by the time I'm either performed or the open mic is done, the only other shows that are still going are the late show at the comedy store that it has, uh, that there's no fucking chance I'm getting on. Right. And the other shows, or if I'm booked on a show, I go to eight o'clock. And then by the time that's done, the only other shows are the open mics or those shows. And so it's I, a I, very, like, I'm still figuring it out. I'm still struggling real hard with finding a nice groove and stand I know. up. See, so like, if you were in New York. Easier. Oh, yeah. Totally easier yeah. for you because you'd be able to, you'd, I mean, obviously due to your credits, but also just getting up on different bar shows and working out stuff. It wouldn't be, at, there's so many more yeah. options. Things are closer together. And going somewhere and asking for a guest set is great and it works. But then once you exhaust that and right. it, that's the worst thing. But you would find thing. little spots like there where they'd be like, oh, anytime you want to come on, just yeah, come no, out and, and I, work out. And it was... Like, I was getting in a good groove of doing, like, three or four shows a week, and then I left for this. So, right. it was... There's, like, a show in Harlem, if you in New York, yeah? that's in, like, a hostel. 
right? Oh, that's cool. My friend Max May, really, really funny dude, and he puts on a show. He does it twice a week, and it's in a hostel. And you would think, like, oh, this is not going to be a great show. And it, he always has a great crowd, but it's it's away from the comedy scene. It's not so I always go there and just work on new jokes, and it's a great spot because a lot of people from around the world, you know, they're staying at the hostel. Yeah. And it's, like, packed. And it's, like, that's, like, the rooms you can find where it's not an open mic, but it's a yeah. good crowd, and you can work out jokes and not have a risk of, because I can't afford to bomb in clubs. You know? Yeah, so no, that's exactly my, when I was going back into it, issue. I was, like, I, I took, like, two months off. I, I have this weird thing. Like, I'm not Louis C.K. I can't write a new hour every fucking I, year. No, but I have this yeah. thing where jokes get old to me really fast. Same and here. jokes that I wrote when I was, like, 17 or 18, I'm like, I just can't. I just, it's a different, it's, I, it I just feels you. dirty. It feels like I, I don't know. I, it's, a, I, it's a weird thing. Dude, and I'm there are comedians that I've been performing with for seven fucking years that are still doing the same ten minutes they've been doing for seven years, and they're, and they're like getting recognized for it. And I get what comes from that. You get good tags. The jokes are crafted. But I have such a hard time with that. And bombing at a fucking real show is the worst. It's the fucking worst thing because I can't. Because when I was getting back into it, I took maybe three months off. I wrote a bunch of new shit. And then all of a sudden, after taking three months off, I'm up at a packed house, the ice house. And it's like, great, but I want to feel 100% confident in my jokes. Of and course. I hate those lulls. And it's like, I can I handle myself, but I want I want the booker to see me up here and go, you know, he's obviously Yeah, because it's a business. Yeah, and it is a business. Someone sees you bomb and they go, they don't really care if you were working out new jokes. Yeah, I know. It's awful. But dude, literally what you said is what I've been going through. Yeah? Yeah, because... I'm like, I want to get to a new joke because I want to have more stuff to have in the arsenal. Yeah. But it takes me a while to work those new jokes in. And then I'm like, oh, but fuck, I'm not at, I need to, I need to do these old ones because I got to do well at these clubs. And it's like a whole yeah. circle. Like Louie and the guys who write fast and can do it. That's amazing. Chris too. Rock. Yeah. I mean. I don't know why I, I call him Chris. <laughs> I don't know him. Chris. I call Chris. him Christopher. Oh, wow. um, but So yeah, respectful. It's, uh, yeah, it's insane. It is, dude. It's insane. I, it's by the way, I told you guy. I saw Chris at Mohegan. Yeah. Oh my god. It's dude. just unfair, dude. He's it, so it good. It was. It's so good. It's it, so amazing. It, he's so amazing. It's so many of those. Like, I want to see that um, that oh. tour that David just went on with Swardson and Schneider and Sandler. Oh yeah. It's that's. Epic. that's I'm sure you'll. Uh, did I mean, you I'm see sure it? They'll be back. In, well, I opened up for a bunch oh, yeah? of dates. Yeah. Oh fuck. I did like eight shows. Damn. Yeah. Dude. It was insane. Oh, how was that? It was amazing. Arena was shows are I did the crazy. arenas and the theaters, and it was, it was epic. I mean, it's so the yeah that exhilaration and the rush is yeah, like, dude. It's just like it's not even laughter. It's just a noise from the whole. The theaters were pro like I love the arenas were like surreal. Where the arenas like I had to keep focus because it was a couple of times I was like I literally like almost felt like I was on drugs. Like I was like I was losing focus. Like I couldn't because the first second I was like oh, I want to just like take this in for a second but then i'd be like oh no i gotta like yeah tell my they're jokes. looking at me right yeah, now. <laughs> yeah it was yeah. like that because you're on the screen like there's a lot where it's Ugh. like what the fuck and you're the, fucking and there are people in the nosebleeds like a big and, teeny and tiny by little joe and, and also i know they came here to see them so i feel like at any second i could lose seven thousand people so i yeah. know i'm not giving them like a breath like i don't even really finish as soon as they laugh it's next one because i'm like i don't want to take a chance for one person to i didn't get heckled in any of those shows, which I was shocked. Wow. I thought someone would yell out, 
you know, where's Adam or someone would yell out something. I wonder if that's just because it's an arena and people think they would just get drowned out. Like, the comedy clubs are sometimes I, so personal. I Yeah, but I've heard, but actually when big comics have been up, I've heard people sometimes yell out shit. Huh. I don't know. I, I think I was just lucky. But I remember, I don't even remember what I had in my arsenal, but I remember I had like two jokes ready. <laughs> I was like, if anyone fucking. Yeah, <laughs> I was come like, at me, yo. Yeah, because I was like, dude, because the last thing you know, you, you lose an arena. Ugh. Because oh all you God. need is like a hundred people me. to turn on you, and then the whole fucking thing's gonna go to shit. It hurts me so bad to think about uh, seven thousand people collectively going. Mm. Well, you know, I watched when I was a kid. People host comedians host rap concerts in arenas. Yeah, comedians. I hosted a rap concert. Right, you told me th- that. Yeah, you told about the too, too short. short. Yeah, that's okay. Tell that because that's unbelievable. That you open for too short, dude. It was that's the weirdest fucking. It's pairing. such a weird. Such a weird. I mean, too short's like a gangster rapper. Gangster rapper that I had never heard of. I'm a little white kid. I used to. I had this bit too about. Too short's like in his 50s. Like yeah. That. Oh yeah. When I was a kid, I was like when I was because fi- even when I was like 15 or 16, I looked very young for my age. Right. Like I looked like a like a 12 year old pudgy Jewish girl, <laughs> and I went up. I used to do so well at these like ethnic shows, and in the Bay Area, there's a lot because like ethnic Oakland is a. Show. Much more ethnic part than yeah, San Francisco, yeah. and this and Tommy T's and Pleasanton was East Bay was very like a black centric club. Right. I used to do all of those ethnic shows, regardless of whether or not anybody uh, any of the other comedians like they'll be like, whatever. I can't even think like African American night or whatever, and it'll be all five you know, like black. Like the way comics. they have in L.A. like Chocolate Sundays. Yeah, exactly, exactly, or yeah. Refried Fridays, or any of those shows. Yeah, yeah. And it would be a bunch of Mexican guys and me, a bunch of Asian guys and me, and it was just such a weird thing because I was like a little kid and I was like ethnic because I was a little kid and not because I was any kind of real ethnic. So right. I would like do the shows, and sometimes it would the, like the two short night. It would get it's crazy, man, crazy. It's fucking crazy. I would I would go there. It's like, and when they're there to see a rap show, they're not like, they're not abiding by the quiet, sit in your seat, no phone. Yeah, of course. Enjoy the comedian. It was like, it was, it was surreal, man. It was like, and how did you did a well? Small though. like personal club. I th- yeah, yeah, but like, a very strange amount of uh, a very strange kind of good. But of how well. old were you? Fourteen, fifteen. So when you for when you got introduced on stage, were people looking at you confused because they must have been like, "Why yeah, is there a fourteen-year-old like kid on stage?" Yeah, and like it would happen all stage? the time. Yeah, like I already had, I had a bunch of, uh, like jokes comebacks because I would get like, yeah. Well, what was your opening? My opener was it used to be, I would say, "Wow, this show just got adorable." Okay. Or I would say, yeah, yeah. This microphone smells like booze and loneliness, depending on like the comedian that went up before me. Like I had. Different little right, right. snippets. That but do you remember what you opened up with Too Short? I mean, that's like a, <laughs> I remember asking, a rowdy crowd. I remember asking Too Short. Hyphy. Or, or uh, asking either Too Short or Too Short's entourage what, how I should bring him up. And he was like, just say uh, just say whatever you want, man, whatever comes to your heart. And I was like, I have no idea who you and are. And you brought Too Short up. No, I was going to. And then uh, this other comedian, Shea Sugar, that was doing the show with us brought uh-huh. him up. Because I was, um, I had no idea who he was. Did you meet him? Did you meet Too Short? Yeah. Do you I remember think, him? I don't even remember. I don't, literally, this this story was nothing I had told before you mentioned Too Short. 
because I he's like an Oakland guy. He's a yeah, well, so, big Oakland guy. Yeah, so I mean, he's I, a legendary. Well, he's a legendary West. I would say he's a legendary rapper overall. But in the West Coast, he's like a god. Yeah. So I know? didn't know that anybody else knew who he was. Really? To this I didn't day? know who he was. Not to this day. Oh. I knew, I've heard his name. Like you should hear "Blow the Whistle," up. one of my favorite songs ever. Yeah. It's, oh, it's amazing. <laughs> he supposedly uh, takes credit. He's not too short, by the way. This, is he not? He's not short? I mean, he wasn't, like, shockingly short. <laughs> well, he sh- supposedly takes credit in the Blow the Whistle song for I'm Rich Bitch. Oh, really? I don't know. He He's always been known for saying bitch at the end of sentences. <laughs> so he goes, he goes, oh, I'm Rich Bitch. Ask Dave Chappelle. He got it from me and made $50 million. I'm proud of you, G. That's the, like a line of songs. I don't know Damn. where that comes from, but was that? I thought I was sitting across from Too Short just now. For a <laughs> second. It was so <laughs> your pyroclastic flow, man. <laughs> pyroclastic flow. <laughs> That's funny. I think it's an Ice Cube song. It is an Ice Cube song. You know that is an Ice Cube song? Yeah, wow. dude. Me and Ice Cube go way back. I bet. I first met Ice Cube when I was seven years old. Did you? No. Oh, but it'd be I a really neat story did. if I did. I opened for Ice Cube. When <laughs> I was seven. Ice Cube at the club, <laughs> dude. I like I said, there was a comedian. His his name. He's he's still around, doing a lot of stuff. He was on my podcast. T.K. Kirkland. Mm-hmm. He's like an underground king of comedy, and he used to open the DMX Rough Riders concert in arenas. Jeez. And he, but this dude was built for it. You know, it was fucking. Like, like what did that entail? You know, like I was young when I went to that concert. All I remember is him coming out. I mean, he was like a gangster comedian. He knew how to whatever. There was no one fucking with him type yeah. of shit. He's one, he's a big dude, and he knew how to, you know. He would have people come up in freestyle and then clown them if they weren't good. If they were dope, they got to go on stage. And all I could, this is the only thing I remember is he gave the mic to one dude, and the first thing the dude said, yo, don't play me. So you get, <laughs> get yeah, mic give it back. Like, don't fuck. Because he, he knew, you know, you know, you can't get anyone getting that shit. He was like, yeah, get mic back. And he told them, like, whatever. Got him, gave him the mic back. Dude turned out to be dope, and he really? brought him on stage. Yeah, it was kind of uh, funny. But it was that's what I should have done at fucking Too Short show. Uh, I should have had a freestyle concert. D- yeah, I, I mean, that was like the thing he was doing. But TK opened up on a lot of like concerts like that. And uh, there was another guy, uh, I keep saying was, but another guy, Alex Thomas, because he, he, he hosted the Up and Smoke tour, the Dr. Dre. Okay, yeah. I mean, those are hard things uh, to host. Hardcore shows. I mean, Those people are drinking scissor since 7 p.m. Show starts at 9. They're and fucking they're not there to see a comedian. No, they not don't at all. Give a fuck. So yeah. you better be on another and level why? of funny. Why do you have to be? Why do you have a comedian open for you? I, you know, I guess because they, you know, because concerts, rap concerts start late. So you want to bring someone out there to one get them going. But also like fucking too short. But first, here's Joey Bragg, and I'm like, yeah, why do security cameras have such bad resolution? <laughs> well, like, you know, well, you're an odd opener for yeah. that. But those guys are built for that. Yeah, like concert. hype guys, like hypey. They're they're comedians, but I'm saying, but they know how to work. Yeah, those type of audience that are rowdy, and they got certain jokes just for that. Like, I'll be honest, I've done a, when I started out, I did a lot of black rooms. I yeah. would kill because I had jokes that I could do at the beginning of my set that were, you know, just worked in those rooms very well. And plus, I was a white dude, and I would have a few jokes to let them know I wasn't scared. My main joke is I would say, this is, uh, my main joke I would say is, uh, and this would always work for a while, I said, um, 
because the shows would always start an hour late, maybe two. Yeah. And I would say uh, I was going to compliment a black show for only starting an hour late, but I just found out this is last Thursday show. <laughs> that was like, you know. That's funny. And it would just, you know, it was a like It I would said, open them room. up. They would like you at first. They would see you as a trustful white guy as opposed to the enemy. Well, they were also knowing that, like, <laughs> oh, I'm not. And, I you know, I, I think I would say other crazy shows. I was like, but no, do you th- why, do you, why do you say scared? Why do you, why do you say, like. I, to tell them I wasn't scared, like scared well, be- of the of them not getting your no, material. No, because in all black rooms, when a white comic comes up, uh, no, there's a different style of comedy when it's like Def Jam. Yeah, I guess the reason I say scared is because I, I I'm trying to think why I say that. Intimidated, like yeah, I think when you're in like an all hood, like a hood room, yeah, like hood guys. You don't expect a white guy to come up there yeah. and be confident there. And they are, and I do believe in a black room, the black comedians are g- getting a benefit of the doubt that you're not getting. Yeah. Now, you have an advantage in a way, too, because you're the only white guy and you can play that card. Yeah. And there's, so, there's a I've been a in some hood rooms material. where they're like, you could tell they're looking at you like, oh, yeah, you better be funny type of shit. Yeah. Make us laugh, that. white boy. And I've been in rooms where they're right away they're warm so it's not a generalization but yeah. that's what i mean by there are a couple rooms that's you could what, tell are a little bit like my home room my home club was a was a primarily black club tommy they're, t's they're was, always packed yeah, always and packed. if they like you they love you oh and yeah they're a great they're a great crowd there is a different is a difference between a mainstream room and a black room they oh are yeah. differences oh yeah and there's a and there's it's so funny too because like winning an audience like a black audience can be so rewarding Absolutely. because like you know, the best thing you can get from a show in San Francisco is applause at the end and a woo-hoo. But, right. like, if you win, if you're if you're a black audience's favorite comedian of the night, they fucking let you know. You're a god. Yeah, it is a, yeah, it's a thing they're screaming your name during other comedians. Like, let, it's amazing. Let's be honest. I will take a great black crowd over a great white crowd any day of the week. Oh, it's so much it's fun. It's so much better. Yeah. I mean, listen, I, by the way, a lot of shows that are all white – they're kind of boring. Like, yeah, they might give it up, but they're like, you know, yeah. they they're very. They can sometimes even be like uh, more conservative, or they're more yeah. like not as Ugh, fun. Dude, the amount of times crowds are fucking boring. Like, oh, I yeah. like a mixed crowd. Yeah, that's the best crowd. Oh, but I'm dude. just saying. But an all black crowd <laughs> is so much better. <laughs> mixed than crowds an white the best. Crowd. I want a, a color, a couple colors of everyone. Everybody, man. Yeah, Let's bring everybody. Couple tastes from around the world. Yeah, I want an Indian guy to not get my joke about fucking. Uh, <laughs> Convenience stores. Well, we have Indian guys FaceTiming into the shows. Yeah, exactly. Oh, dude. That's going to be the future. They're going to be, they're like starting to live stream comedy shows. And I'm like, people are going to stop coming. Is that real? <laughs> yeah. That's weird. I have friends that are doing shows in LA where they're live streaming it. I'm like, let's it's just, fucking weird. let's leave it live. Because once you're live streaming it and somebody can go, I want to go to this show. Oh, it's live streaming. I'm just going to watch it at home. But that ruins comedy. It's let's already it. hard enough to See, get people to come do, to your fucking show. You know? Yeah, that's stupid. But li- there's nothing like live comedy. No, there's not. Live is so different. Oh, it's yeah. It's a totally different fucking uh, thing. There's this guy. I just watched this guy, Ismo. Ismo. He's from uh, Sweden or Denmark or Ismo. somewhere in the Netherlands. He's not the guy with the puppet thing, is he? No, no, oh. no, no, no. He is just, he was, I saw him at the Ice House. He's on tour right now. I have never performed with somebody that had such few words with such big laughs in between. Wow. Like his whole thing was breaking down America's English. And like learning America's English, and he was talking about the word "ass" and how and how many different meanings you can get from it. Oh, like wow. he was like, when you say like you're an ass, you're saying you're a bad person. 
but when you say you're a smart ass and like it was just like he broke oh, down uh, that whole thing it was so genius. good so it was yeah it was fucking and it was like something i could see watching it online and being like i get it skip but then seeing it live in person it just it's there's just a brilliance that comes from yeah, it yeah yeah sure no of course cuz you're seeing him like in a real room oh, with yeah. people and how you and say a, this silently and and attention spans now like i find oh, yeah. my i struggle with finding something that can keep my attention like I'll watch I'm a stand-up special here right now, uh, dude. I'm checked You're out one second minutes from bolting ago. out of yeah. this. <laughs> I've been reading that concierge <laughs> sign this whole time. <laughs> I um I will watch like a stand-up special on Netflix. Yeah. And if they don't win me over in the first five minutes, I'm done. Sure. But you can't do that in a comedy show. And so there's like something special about having to be there. Like when you have a bad com- comic that's bombing. And it's painful for you to be there. That just makes the next comic that doesn't bomb so much better. Yeah. And there's like, if the minute that that goes away and the minute that people stop coming to comedy shows is going to be the death of this style of comedy. Because there's already, the, there's stand-up that's like morphing into the YouTube world. And there are people that, if you t- if the internet didn't exist and the people were doing their shows, you would consider it like a stand-up one-man show kind of thing. Because they're talking, about, even makeup tutorials, you know, they're trying to be fun, whatever. It's just a different brand of comedy. There's too many people on YouTube there's and everybody's people, doing shit. Oh, my fucking God, there are too many people. Well, it's because they're making millions of dollars. That's why there are too many people. It's an enticing offer. Sit in your house in your underpants. <laughs> yeah. Film you doing nothing, and you make millions of dollars because of ad sales. Yeah. Like, I get why that's uh, something people would want to do. Well, let me ask you this. When you first started doing stand-up, uh, you know, what do you think it is about you versus a regular 13-year-old kid like that is something like more developed in your brain or cuz you said you didn't know that you wanted to do it but yet I mean I knew that I wanted to do it I took it I knew that I wanted to do it but not as a career I just didn't said. think it was I just didn't I wanted to do it as a career my mindset wasn't I'm starting this early so that it can be my career my mindset was I want to do this I want to do it now I I don't know I always had like more adult friends I always enjoyed I always had a hard time finding f- friends in school that were that I didn't feel like were stupid people I was dragging around. Mm-hmm. Like I just have this this complex of feeling like I'm better than everybody. You have a complex of that? I did. You did. I mean, now you do. I do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to say it. Well. As I said, I yeah. did. I really mean. I mean, I, do. I, I still do. One hundred percent. Still think I'm better than everybody. But I just so I would always like hang out with. Adults. So okay, you're saying you had a comics, you were better than it. But what do you mean by that? You, like you I obviously didn't think you were better than the people that were older. So you no, mean better I, I than just I feel the people like around you at your age. I feel age? like people. I had a constant struggle with people not giving me enough credit. That's kind of what I mean. Like I didn't feel. I feel like I was better than what people assumed from me. Maybe so you like, just thought you that you were out of their league maturity wise in a lot of ways. No, maybe not even really talking about the kids that I would hang out with because the kids I would I, I would always have have a hard time finding friends that like I had these friends that were dumb and like not like they're dumb because like I think I'm the smartest guy in the world but these guys are like like bottom of the class yeah yeah dumb guys and I I didn't have many of these kind of friends but it would just it would kind of build up build me up to where I felt better and smarter about myself because the people I surrounded myself with were what I thought of as not on my level and I would always try and be friends with, like, the adults around me. So who were the and adults around would, you? Like, I don't know. I played hockey, so a lot of all the parents. Like, I would always try and be the one that they were like, wow, he's really funny. Or, like, I would come in with something. I remember this this one guy that was just a dad of the kids I played hockey with. I said something 
that I thought was funny. And he goes, ha that's a very good observation, Joey. <laughs> like, that's exactly what I fucking hate. That's what you were looking like, for. That's not at all what I was looking for. That is the kind, that's like what, that's the opposite of what I was looking for. Like, I don't want somebody to go, you're funny because you're a kid that's saying this stuff. I wanted oh. somebody to go, you're funny. Like, okay, I just wanted gotcha. somebody to be like, I wanted to, I, w- I never got, I was always, even though now I look at it as I was a little kid, I didn't feel like a little kid. I constantly hated that I was being treated so much differently than everyone else. I expected it and I got it because I was a kid. But back then I, I was, I felt like I was on the same level as everybody. But now, as an adult, I look back, and I'm like, oh, my God, I was a kid. Like, I see why they were treating me like that, and I see why I wasn't getting the credit that I felt like I deserved because I was a little kid. And I just couldn't – I just didn't understand that at the time. I didn't feel like a little kid. I never felt, like, mentally or, or intelli- like less intelligent than the people around me. I always felt, like, on par with them. With the adults? Yeah. Do you feel like you didn't get respect from, like – because you uh, said credit, so I mean, you, like, like you weren't getting respect from people your age, or they just didn't understand you. No, I mean, I, it wasn't that they didn't understand me. It wasn't I wasn't. I like I had friends. I just wasn't getting like. I felt like they. It's hard to explain. I felt like they weren't. I wanted them to be funnier or like smarter, and I just feel like they weren't. Well, you obviously were advanced for your age, because anyone who can do stand up at thirteen. But I don't. Is I don't advanced. know. I don't. I don't. I think I was just more open. Like I don't know. I just never had that like that middle school. I I never here's here's exactly what I mean. In I never felt like I didn't know who I was. Like I always from a young age I've been kind of the same person. I'm like I, I, dishonesty was a thing I struggled with with like stories and I would like make up stories cuz like make up funny stories that I thought would happen. But like I've always been the same person. I've always had like I've never I never really had a filter. I want like and it was hard for me to be around kids that I think didn't know who they were mm-hmm. completely. And you're not supposed to, and nobody does. And I, I mean, now I feel like I don't know who I am. I feel I'm the same kind of person, but there's still so much to figure out. And so I feel like I was a little bit more, uh, like, I knew who I was more than the people, the kids that I was in class with. Well, you must with. have had I, uh, good parents, because, I mean, how do you think you didn't end up, like, kind of being that you did start young? I know you weren't, like, a child actor, quote-unquote, but... You were young to oh, stand yeah. up and acting. How, how do you feel like you didn't get like kind of how certain child stars get kind of fucked up or they yeah, get kind of warped? Yeah, I think yeah, yeah. Like out I, of reality, my parents did a good job of keeping me grounded. But I also think it was just would they ever tell you like, hey, don't like think you're you know? I don't know. A lot of my comedy style was thinking I was better. Like, was well, that overconfident? I'm saying like off stage and stuff. yeah. I, like, but I never, I never really struggled with that. I never struggled with getting bigger. Everybody's just, I feel like I'm still on this, like on par with everybody. There are people like Adam Sandler that I feel like are on another level, but it's it's it's. I still don't feel like I don't know. There's no difference between me and the fucking the waiter behind us serving food. Like well, I, didn't I feel like mean that so much like that. I just meant like you know, but still. But like getting with. I don't mean like to that extreme, but I just meant like. You know, having success or you're making more money than most tw- 18 and 20-year-olds, yeah. you know, sometimes people can have trouble putting that in perspective just because you don't know. And most 18-year-olds don't have... I don't know, man. I know. feel like people tell me all the time that I have a good head on my shoulders. Yeah. And I don't I don't get it at all. Because it's like... Yeah, so you're supposed to be. So yeah, so you're supposed are. to be. I'm a, I'm a human. Yeah, it's like fucking you just treat everybody with 
respect. I'm lucky as fuck. Like, I'm so lucky. Right. Like, so many good things have happened to me in such little time. Like, I was in a, I was in a, a plane that, uh, like, this was like a year ago, flying from Orlando to supposedly Houston, but we crash-landed in Tampa. Uh, dude, uh, why are you telling me that? Fuck. I hate flying. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, sorry. We right, d- it well, wasn't bad. On. But anyway, so we're like... Really? I'm sitting in, I'm sitting in like, first class. It was last year. It was last year, yeah. And we get to, like cruising altitude and the plane just starts to like fall out of the sky and you know how like you're flying in a plane it falls really for a little bit and you're like ooh, i love that feeling it's like a roller coaster and then it levels this out before you can even realize awful turn this podcast oh the podcast is scaring the shit out of you man this went from just like now i'm gonna have a nightmare to fucking tonight so wait a second so What's you're you're taking off so we're we're uh oh fuck i have no idea okay united i'm just gonna say for safety <laughs> um <laughs> we're like falling out of the sky it's crazy but i was like I just had this, like, thought. Like, I started saying up when I was really young. I, yeah, podcasting. Why don't you shut the fuck up? I have no idea. Who was that? I have no idea. Okay. Um, but I, uh, I just, like, had this thought. Like, I started saying up when I was young. I got a lot of success. I've been dating a girl for four years. I love her so much. My life is just great because it was going to end soon. So I was like, oh, I just kind of came to terms with that. I was like, wow, I, uh, I guess this is it. Like, I'm, I lived a good life. My brother you nervous? No, like no part of me was any kind you of felt content. You were like, oh, I, I was so so. It. it was, dude. It was the strangest thing. I was so content. My brother, three two years older than me, just graduated college. Is like, what the fuck, dude? Why are you so chill about this? Like, I just my life just oh, you started. Were, like, texting? No, no, no. I was just sitting there like talking to him. Like, oh, he wha- was. Oh, he, he was sitting next to me. He was flying with me. He was freaking out. Everybody on the plane was freaking out. Yeah, it was like the fucking. It was like the first five minutes of Lost because um, the girl across from us is like screaming at the top of her this lungs. Is why I freak out on planes. Bloody oh, murder shit. in like Italian, like so praying. But by the way, so you're going up, right? We're we, you're, we're you're at this. We, uh, yeah, we got to cruising altitude in Orlando. How many minutes we're talking about? <sighs> How many minutes there. did it take to get up? How many minutes were you up for? So the problem happened. Oh, ten minutes. Oh, you were there? So you were up for 10 minutes. We were up. Yeah, we were up. We were cruising altitude, so man, 35,000 oh, feet. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. So you weren't just going up. You were on cruise. Uh, we were flying to Houston. So you're on cruising altitude. Yeah. And then something happened. And then something happened. And it was, it's a whole different world when something real scary happens on a plane. Like, there are things that happen, like a bunch of turbulence, and they'll be like, you know, we can't serve drinks. We might bump your leg. And what did they say? So... The the pilot, first, did you say anything? So the stewardess came over the intercom and goes, um, <laughs> hi, I'm sure you're all wondering what's going on right now. I don't have an answer for you. Um, the crash landing positions for everyone in coach is like, hook your, uh, she goes, so this is the funniest part. She goes, the crash landing positions for everyone in coach is bend forward and, and grab your knees. The crash landing positions for everyone in first class, which I was in, is to bend over and hook your thumbs around your ankles. And it, my first what thought was like, first of all, if you're in first class, you have to be more flexible, which like sucks for me because like, I guess I'm maybe grab not you. as oh, okay. comfortable as uh, flexible as I want to be. But also, tell the fucking people in coach, grab your ankles. Like, they're lying to you when they say grab your knees. They're telling us a different way to crash land position. Well, you don't the think there was two different reasons for that? I think there absolutely was, but I think the, the funny, it's a funny way to think about it if there wasn't. It's a funny way to think about it if they're just like, we want the people in first class to have a better chance at surviving. So, the when, people so in she coach. says that too, does the pilot get on air? Uh, pilot got on afterwards. It turns out there was an electrical fire in the plane. So, uh, I hate you for telling me this, by the oh, way. Oh, dude, you're such a pussy. Dude, there are planes flying constantly all the time. Also, if you die, like, you know, if no one else is on the plane, 
it's probably your name's probably going to be the headline. Oh God, you're such a dick. This <laughs> is the worst. But okay, so you're now. So there was electrical fire. Where was the fire? In the p- cockpit. It was in the cockpit. Yeah. Was so the pilots. Uh huh. So there was like smoke that filled the cockpit. I think it, they were worried about an electrical shortage. Anyway, we're like going down in in Tampa. Now, when you say down, are you going like this? We're going like no. We're like nose diving. Because worst. I, I so we had to get down everything about this because if you see Florida, <laughs> Orlando's on one coast, Tampa's on the other coast. So we got to and then we had to die because Tampa was the last airport that we could reach to but so Lando. They are landing. They're not. We like were landing, going. but we didn't know if we were going to get the chance to land. That was because he didn't know he could make it to that yeah. airport. You mean? So that's what. Yeah, that's what they kept saying over the intercom. And it's moving. And Prepare for a water landing, like that whole. So thing. you're going fast. Yeah. Like it's a fast landing. It was a fast. It wasn't a fast. It didn't feel any different when we landed, but it did feel like we, we it was just a very it's very strange because it yeah. in hindsight, it it seemed very like, oh, OK, there was an electrical fire. There was smoke. It wasn't as scary as they were making it seem. But then you look over at the stewardesses and they're fucking sobbing and they're like pulling oh, seatbelts over their shoulders and they have like crossed. It looks like they're getting on a fucking roller coaster. Right, cause they Meanwhile, I'm like anymore. I'm like in the middle seat of a Volvo with my seatbelt just across my lap. Yeah. And they're like fucking pulling down the roller coaster things. And then uh we crashed or we didn't crash land, but we just landed in Tampa. So you just landed in Tampa. Landed in Tampa. So now was it the scary on the way down? Yeah. Yeah. I thought we were gonna we I thought we were gonna I I kept saying percentages in my head. I was like eighty nine percent sure this plane is going down. So but I told my brother I was like Best case scenario, or like, how long was it until the landing from that moment? Ten minutes. It's like twenty minutes altogether. So it was a horrifying ten minutes. Yeah, it was horrifying for everyone else. I was totally chill about so it. So everyone else is just everyone else is freaking out. The girl, the little girl behind is like, "Mommy, mommy, mommy," and the mom's going, "It's gonna be okay, sweetheart. It's gonna be okay." And this woman is like, "Adios, me, like, like praying really, really loud, and this people are crying. That would have been out of my mind. And so, wait, 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 hold on. The funniest part. Is that I was like so calm. I was talking to my brother, and I was like, you know what? At least if we land in the water, and we're like whatever pinned down in this seatbelt, and we're like drowning, we're in Florida coast, so it's gonna be like warm <laughs> while we're drowning. But then worst case scenario, if we crash land on land and we're pinned down, we're in Florida. <laughs> It's my favorite joke about that whole thing. That's the it, longest setup. It was so setup. hard for me to concentrate and follow the joke because I'm like <laughs> so like thinking about that that's gonna happen to you. Oh lord! It's just well, I you know Dude, I'm trying to also figure out why there was an electrical fire out of nowhere in the cockpit. Like what the fuck? Things spark, man. I don't know moisture. I don't know. But then I don't understand why that why that affect the whole plane. Or were they just landing the plane? They because were of that? they were landing the plane because so then of why that. Why was it going down fast then? Because we got to cruising altitude and we had to get to the Tampa airport. So you're saying he was speeding on purpose? Yeah, I think he was just trying to make it. I think there was a small window. Oh, I, don't I see. Think so I it wasn't actually. So that wasn't actually. It wasn't like down. it wasn't like it caused us to fall. No, that's why we were nose diving because we were. But he no, was I think nose diving is the wrong word because nose diving is like literally like. Well, not straight down. Well, that, well that's what you're our saying. nose was pointing down, <laughs> and we were heading towards where our nose was pointed. That's what you're saying. Yeah, like well, yeah, you, you go wherever the fuck yeah, your nose. Yeah, but when a plane lands, it doesn't go like that. Like yeah, it, like comes down, kind of comes down, and then, then goes like this. Yeah, right. So that's what he was doing. Then he wasn't going like that because no, we didn't like, like we didn't hit nose first when we fucking hit the ground. No, right. we like well, had a safe landing. Well, that's what well, we. I pictured when they were telling us there's going to be a fucking crash land, crash landing well, yeah, positions sure, or this. Yeah. So I'm guessing so he was doing an abnormal fast landing than he would normally. Yes. Yeah. So that's why everyone was like. 
fucking oh yeah and then they and, and then, then they landed and then we landed and everybody applauded and people are crying and then the the oh, the no. pilot like came it was so funny because like right as right as we were la- or right before we landed and we're like still in the heat of things the no smoking sign turned off and I was like that must be the pilot just like that's not what's gonna kill you so may as well light him up now <laughs> just like in last case scenario so then spark you him if you got him and what happens when you land uh, everybody applauds the um, the pilot comes out and like. Says, I'm so sorry. We all got here. We're all safe. We're in Tampa. <laughs> Welcome to the Tampa airport. So it's 68 so degrees you, outside, 98% humid. He didn't say that. No, he didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> he just goes back to the normal spiel. <laughs> yeah. Thanks well, for flying United. If he, fl- if he landed it, and then he, he didn't say anything about the pilot. He goes, yes, welcome to Tampa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just, just like we're supposed yeah, to have been there the whole time. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, so he does it. So wait, you was going from Orlando to where? Uh, we were going from Orlando to Houston. So you get to Tampa, and then how do you get to Houston? So here's what here's what was another funny part about me being completely okay with dying. I got there, and we were the f- we were in first we were in the first row of first class because we were, I was getting flown out by Disney, and they always like go ham, and hard as a motherfucker. Uh, let these bitches know who I am. Uh, we go uh, out and I'm like I'm just so upset because I just want to be home we're flying I just want to be home and I, I'm like I'm first up to the people at the United gate and I'm like is there can we just fly straight from Tampa to LA and they were like ooh whatever we have to put you on the same kind of flight whatever the fuck is all these other people and I was like just figure it out I'm, I'm there like arguing with this person like so frustrated I just want to get home I want to get home I turn around everybody on our plane is in the same line so it is a line that goes on forever everybody is like hugging and laughing and crying because they're just happy to be alive yeah. meanwhile I'm like god damn it now it's gonna take me four extra hours to get home and I'm like because you were the only one that didn't really change their mood it didn't yeah it didn't face like, me that bullshit. well everybody uh, I'm like didn't grow up in a religion religious house at all we didn't i didn't grow up without any religion and all my i have like religious friends that are like oh you know what you've never prayed but the moment you think you're gonna die you're gonna be saying stuff to god didn't even for a fucking second think hey well, real quick can i go to heaven like i didn't think for an instant that thought didn't cross my mind i i thought i was going yeah, to but die you thought there was some force out there that was saying that because you had this is why this all happened. I mean, I guess, or I just kind of feel like things make sense. Like, you make well, sense out of your own life. Well, here's the thing, because it's funny, because there's a comedian who has a joke about how he figures when he's walking onto a plane, a friend Harris Stanton, uh, he says, like, oh, fuck. He's like, I, put, I shouldn't have, uh, you know, he talks about, like, I shouldn't have done this bad thing, right? And he thinks that's going to affect yeah. say, the flight. And he goes, but... Kind of an arrogant way to think that because you fucking did this little shit, now the whole everybody's gonna <laughs> yeah. suffer for it. Yeah, like you're that important. Yeah, you exactly. Know, so yeah, I didn't fucking uh, you know. Fucking. Yeah, realistically, it doesn't fucking. It has nothing but, to do with anything. But I also want to know because this is just my neurotic brain. So they land. You go back to L.A. instead I, of going to Houston. Yeah, I flew straight from. Well, Tampa and what to LA. were you going to Houston for? Uh, stop off. We were just well, going not. from Houston then to L.A. It was just a oh. Uh, you didn't have a direct flight. flight. No. So then you got back on the plane, and you didn't even think twice about like well, you weren't nervous while well, you were. No, and I didn't even think about it because a lot of, like a lot of the people It'd that be great were you get on the same plane. Hey guys, we got that electrical thing again. Yeah, we figured it out because <laughs> no we way. got on, and uh, uh, everyone else was like happy. And Did they destroy like, that plane? They should have, man. 
That's, should, the, that's the plane that uh, the guy got dragged out on. Yeah, exactly. That <laughs> plane one. is full of problems. Same one still going on. <laughs> Bad luck, United Airlines. Jesus. It's crazy. Your worst press for United. United is fucked. United man. is fucked, After this interview dude. and yeah. the other thing, they're done. Now that, but their ticket sales went got so cheap after that thing. <laughs> I bought United ticket sales, and now stocks are right well, back Well, you didn't get a free flight? Uh, no, we did get a free flight. Yeah, we all got free flights. So... <sighs> Wow. Yeah. And you know, it's funny. Obviously, I mean, I wonder, was that even in the news? Did no. You, no, right? No. no so it one, wasn't anything, really. No, I know, but you didn't like know. I mean, people must have tweeted about it. May, someone said Maybe. I don't know. My, uh, you could have gotten I, I told attention. The sto- I've told the story on stage once. That's, I think, the most press it's really? gotten. Really? Yeah. It's laughs? The, yeah, that, the punchline, the, the Florida punchline gets laughs. <laughs> I was having trouble following it. Yeah, it's a lot. A You're joke. really stressing out. You, you really stressed you out. Yeah, I did. Because I, you know what, every time I, uh, well, because the takeoff is the, once I get through the takeoff, like the 20, 30 minutes, then I'm fine. But that takeoff, I hate it so really? much. Oh, I used to be fine. I used to fly as a kid. No problem, no problem. Yeah. And then my mother, she got nervous about flying and that kind of got passed on to me. Why Why did she get nervous? All she, was, oh, she was already nervous and it just finally, it finally infiltrated my brain. But what is your fear? Dying? You don't want to die on that plane? Uh... Well, yeah, of course. I mean, I don't wouldn't want that to happen in any scenario. But <laughs> I will say, um, you made it like that was like what? Yeah. About that. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, man. You don't want to die. Too big to die. Fucking Joe Vesey's too big of a man to die. <laughs> too bad to be the natural cycle of uh, life. But I no main. Well, look, my main thing about it is if that if it's gonna happen and that's that's the worst type of that's. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, the scenario of that is just... Hard. The I don't whole know. thing is like mind-boggling. If you fucking hit the ground, you explode, you're done. Like, right, you suck, because uh, you know, I'm never going to... I'm going to have to take three Xanax next time. I got this fucking story <laughs> in my head. But I've had other people One tell me... One fa- big ball of beautiful fire. That's you know it. the funniest thing? The fr- you want to know how much I don't like flying? How much? For the next, you know, the movie, the next movie Adam's doing in Long Island, when they first told me it was in Long Island, my first thought was, when they said, okay, you're on this one, my first thought was... To fly. <laughs> that <laughs> was the God. first. I was like, "Here's that's the best part about this movie." <laughs> being could, in Long Island, and meanwhile, take the train. Yeah, I mean, meanwhile, I had a great time in Puerto Rico, and I couldn't hey, listen. When I get there, I'm so happy I did it. And, I'm and a flight is it. like what the most m- most time you spend on a flight is like what twelve hours. What do you mean? Like I don't know from oh wherever you're going. Yeah, like that's. I mean, L.A. is five. I hate the L.A. trip. I mean, look, every time I get to L.A., I'm so happy I'm there. So it's like it's just a necessary evil. Yeah. It's something you have to do. I try to look at planes go off every single day. Stewardesses are on it. They do it for 15, 17. You know, they're there yeah. for years. And um, But, you know, I, in takeoff, I do get a little freak out. Sometimes I've had to get up and talk to the stewardess to calm me down. And I tell them I have anxiety, and then they start talking to me, and I kind of get better. Oh, you're such a wuss, man. It's hard. Hey, it's can uh, you talk me through this? Uh, Yeah, this is my eighth flight today. I'm tired as fuck. I wish it well, would that crash. that makes me feel better. Okay, yeah. That makes me That makes me feel better, but your shit. Um, I mean, dude, like, it's... it's I get it. But the odds are not in your you favor. Fucking I mean, the odds are totally in your favor. Is what I, I know, mean. no, I know. I get it. I just, you know, once, I think what fucked me up is when someone told me once, that they said, oh, a plane goes up and, you know, has to do with the wind. And I said, they said something about that. And I go, has to do with the wind. We have to rely on the wind. Yeah, I, that fucking, I, <laughs> I thought it was like a button and we just go. I was like, what do you mean? This is a whole, I, I guess I didn't really think about it. And I was like, oh, wait, this is like a whole yeah. thing? Like, yeah. We gotta, what do you mean we rely on the we're wind? Riding, <laughs> we're riding the air is what you're that saying. That is what we're doing, though. Dude, it like, absolutely is. Yeah. I thought this whole time I thought it was just an electrical little press and like an iPhone and we go <laughs> up. I didn't know this was a whole fucking... Dude, there's a fucking... I don't, what I don't understand is that there are still traffic air traffic controllers that are just like, 
BB-8 from Tampa, go three clicks left, whatever the fuck, and they're, like, controlling all that? Like, why isn't that done by a computer? Why doesn't a no, computer make it so? you want a person. Really? Because don't you want a, uh, you don't want a machine fucking it up? I don't want human error. What, well, like, y- I feel oh, yeah, like a human error, but what the computer could easily, I mean, a person looking out. at it. I guess also a computer could be. where this plane is and where that plane is. A compu- have you seen Breaking Bad? All it takes is All the. All right, you know what? You're, you're the worst. Uh, this has been the worst ending I've ever. This is literally. <laughs> Just stressing you out. <laughs> There's a metaphor for this whole fucking podcast. <laughs> um. <laughs> All right, let's just end on something positive. Right. Yeah, um, <laughs> even though you, you, it was a positive story, I guess you lived through what it. What should we? What should we end on? We can end um, on well. One thing you're gonna look up, and maybe I'll even play you before you go. Oh, Jersey Boys is the Jersey, not the Jerky Boys. Boys. Jerky Boys. Um, right, we we don't want to give away anything about the movie that you're doing now, mm-hmm. but movie that so we're doing that we're doing. I didn't say that. What did I say? You said you. Oh, well, we're doing it together. You're, you're one of the stars of the movie, so this is your first. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Adult. Starring movie, yeah, correct, yeah. Even though you're a kid in it, but no, but yeah, star. I'm, I'm 22 you're in 22? the movie. In the movie, I'm oh, 22. 22. Yeah, in the movie, I'm playing oh, older. Give that away. Oh, that's that a big spoiler. <laughs> um, Fresh out of college. <laughs> <laughs> so, you're uh, so the, okay. So first one. So you've kind of so it's like a f- transition, like a yeah. seamless transition. Yeah. So far, I, I'm the anomaly from Disney Brothers actually working after the Disney shows. This is I'm doing v- very well for the other people in my position. Moving yeah. on. And what do you think the biggest difference is coming from the Disney world and now? Is there? Is I don't think it feel that different. Yeah, I mean, it feels really different. It's it's funny because I. I feel like something like this, like this was a lot different than I expected. This movie was a lot different than I expected. I went in like still thinking that like, I, I, th- I knew I was playing the straight man, but I didn't realize that the straight man was, that I was going to have to take it, keep reeling it in as opposed to like. Keeping the, it grounded, you mean. Yeah, and just yeah. the choices I would make wouldn't be like sometimes, like my character's do job isn't the character to get the laugh. Like, that's right. just something that I have to come to terms with. I'm so used to being, like, this doesn't make any sense to people that haven't seen this movie, but the PJ character, or, like, McLovin in a movie, or, like, the funny side right, you, character, used I'm used to being that. Game. So being the, like, the lead guy that people have to care about that has to, like, react honestly and... Well, and you're, like, we're following you, yeah. you know, through the movie. And yeah, like, and yeah. so it's it's tough. it's tough that way in finding out that, like... And figuring out that sometimes going for the laugh isn't the thing I should always be doing because my instinct is telling me always try and go be funny. Be funny, yeah. Well, here's a good question, Anon. What are your insecurity? You've uh, you've achieved a lot of success. You're gonna keep doing big mm-hmm. things. But what is like your main? You've even joked with me like, oh, I'm insecure, or hey, tell oh, me yeah. I did good or whatever, or or even when you said I said good job, and you're like, oh, you saying that? Or I don't believe you. Like, I, was, whole thing, I have such a hard time with that. I was yeah. like, Matt, good job, and I get like in trouble for it. I have such a hard but time without without fi- with. Like especially on this set, I I think it's just because I've been I've had a bad couple just emotion not emotionally but just like I don't know I don't deal with the chemistry in my brain very well sometimes. And the past two months I've been in kind of like a depressed state, and then coming here I have this Why hard time. Sh- I don't know. I'm very pessimistic. I oh, I feel like things thing? yeah That's I feel like things are t- too good and and then things like this happen. I don't know. I just have a hard time dealing with myself sometimes. But right. I I feel like I will. Be happy you're not in my brain. Yeah, right. Oh, I'm so happy I'm not in your brain. That's 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 what's pulling me out of this <laughs> this this hole I'm in. Just at least I'm not you. 
I uh, I have a hard time with people telling me something, not feeling like they're just telling me to either fill space or because they feel like they have to. Mm-hmm. So just have a hard time with. I hear with you. That. No, I, I don't go. I don't like going to movie. My movie premieres and movies I'm in. Because then you leave and everybody's like, "Oh, so good! It was so, so good." So you're and not like, gonna go to this one? I'll go to this one. I just, I just have a, I, just, and people will tell me that, and, it'll be, and I'll be like, "Oh, I'll be so grateful, so nice, thank you so much." It's well, very what's sweet the to saying? say. You don't take but in the back of my head, I'll be thinking, "You are leaving a movie premiere. You watched me in that whole movie. You have your own opinions about it. You saw me in person, and you thought I got to tell him he did a good job because he was in that movie we just watched, as opposed to you're watching the movie. This guy's doing a really good job." Oh, I see him. Oh, I got to tell him that I thought he was doing a good job, which could honestly be their reaction. But me, in my head, feels like they're doing it because they have to because I've done that so many times with people. Right. I have a hard time being dishonest, but I, but I will tell people what they want to hear a lot of t- a lot of the time. I hear you. I hear you. But I mean, what's the saying, right? You don't take too much from the good. Don't take too much from the bad. Like there's. I don't know if that's a saying. I, I, you're right. Don't, don't take what? too much from the good. Don't take too much from the bad. Confucius. <laughs> Like <laughs> I'm trying to pass it off as a <laughs> yeah. quote, but you know, there's something where it's like, oh, don't believe it when they say you're amazing. Don't believe it when they say you're. Ba-. There's some quote like that. Yeah, I'm fucking it up. But I don't either know. way, but this is also um, something I've never done before. This movie, this type of movie. So it's like, or, it, it's yeah. just like I'm, I'm just, I'm, it's, I just want to be doing the best job that I can be doing. Yeah. And so that's where a lot well, of my insecurity yeah. comes from. Well, listen, you're doing a great job. Thanks, man. You are, and I mean it. You really are. So Thanks, man. I thought I think it's awesome, and it's going to be epic. I mean, the movie's going to be great. Yeah, I hope so. And trust me, so we're too. we're there every day, and everyone's excited about it. So it's like, yeah. you know, it's going to be. Also, I've never been on a set where people aren't excited about it. I've been on a set where people are like, "Oh, this, oof, not going to see been this on one." Sets where people are down about it. No, I've said I haven't been on a set where oh, people everyone, are down about it. Every, every set I go on, people are like, "This movie's really going to turn out really good, regardless of how it actually turns out." I've been in some movies that I wouldn't watch again. And every time on the set, people are like, oh, this one feels different. This one feels well, different. you got to have that pr- mindset, right? Yeah, and, and makeup I, people I, always do. So, Well, I mean, because I mean, how are you going to get something good if you're already thinking it's like... Yeah. I mean, if you're being negative. But I have the same, the same mindset. But I understand that. I'm just, you know, but it's interesting for you because you've been doing it for so long. Yeah. So you would someone might think you wouldn't have the insecurities yeah. that other people would have. But you still are questioning yourself. And also and things, things like this, like there are certain things that I will do where I feel like like I'm not gonna name names, but like there there are certain jobs that I will do where I go in thinking like I'm doing you a favor. Mm-hmm. Like I I feel very secure in my comedy abilities. I feel minorly secure in my acting abilities. Mm-hmm. This is something that isn't. I would never say, use the term beneath me. Right. But this is something that, like, like uh, you're lucky to. You're lucky that I want to do this. And I. That's a mindset that is sounds bad when I say it out loud. But it's the only mindset that's going to keep me from fucking going crazy and being insecure on a job that I feel. So and you're doing that job. Yeah. For like, what? is that financial purposes or? No, no, no. Oh. Just sometimes it's a good. It's a good fun job. But sometimes I feel like, like, I'm. I don't know. You just got. I got it. I I used to say when I was when I was doing comedy that the people are like, "How do you do it? How do you like be a kid and and still have the confidence to go up?" And I was like, "I just always have to constantly believe that I'm the funniest person in the room." So like, so if you do kind of psych yourself up out of yeah, your insecurities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm really good at, at at like I have a a very weird mix of insecure and confident. Like I'm confident in a lot of things. I'm insecure in a lot of things. And a lot of them are. If there was a Venn diagram, it would be. It would lo- wouldn't look like two balls. It would look like mid mitosis of two cells like it's right. there's so much that I'm confident about and so much that I'm insecure about and so much in the middle that I'm both confident and insecure about well, what's the about. most thing you're confident about right now um, today right now it's writing it's comedy 
Writing comedy. Yeah. What's the thing you're most insecure about? Uh, probably, I don't know, probably acting, period. Okay. I just, I'm, I'm confident in like certain things. Like if this was a multi-camera show, I'd be confident as fuck. Mm-hmm. If this was a comedy sketch show or like a comedy sitcom, I would be confident as fuck. But this is like, this is wearing more, like having more on my shoulders than just the comic relief. Like I'm also the one in this, like in this movie, I'm the one that, the that you I'm the one you get behind. I'm the one that has the development. I'm the one that has the love interest. Like there yeah, are so many like different things you, that yeah. I'm. Yeah, that yeah, exactly. I'm the one that you want to be rooting for. It's just nothing that I've had to yeah. win over people in a way like that before. Well, it's pretty dope. I mean, yeah, what an experience, right? Yeah, dude. And then you you'll keep learning and hopefully I'll g- give get the opportunity to do it again. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. I I love that Happy Madison hires internally constantly because then I feel like I'm at least. Meeting people that are going to hire me again. <laughs> happy Madison. It's the best. I love it. It's literally the best. Yeah. What a happier note to end on as opposed to my dying in a plane crash story. Why'd you have to even say it again? Because I would know that it freaks Why you out. Why couldn't we just end on a nice quote and just, you know, right. end on Happy Madison's the best? Do you know what's Jim? really sad about Trump's presidency? Yeah. Is that he ruined red hats for white guys. Because <laughs> <laughs> that, guy, like, that guy's wearing just a regular fisherman's hat. There's just a regular like hat with a fish on it. And yet I saw him walk in the lobby, and I was like, you motherfucker. Let's end on the note that I got a new phone. Hey, hey. Good, man. How are you? What's up, man? like your hat. Got a new phone. <laughs> yeah. Let's end on that. Okay. Got a new phone. Um, Did you have fun? Yeah? On this podcast? Yeah. Yeah, did you have fun? I feel I like <laughs> you said it crashed and burned. Well, it was a yeah, there, was a, there was a good five <laughs> minutes where I saw my whole life flash <laughs> yeah. before my eyes were freaking out. You were having a little panic attack. I think the audience is going to love it. Yeah, yeah, I think they <laughs> did too. I had a panic attack. Um, but no, this was fun, man. Thank you for doing it. Yeah, man, of Thank course. Thank you for letting me get my new phone first. Anytime. And uh, when you're in L.A., you should do my podcast. We'll do Swapcast. That would be a lot of fun. I would love to yeah. do it. What are you, anything you got coming up as far as like, Oof, your new shows uh, when you're I have, back? A, I have a, oh, I will do shows, yeah, but yeah. Uh, but I don't know anywhere right now. Yeah. I'll be at the Ice House probably a lot. I got uh, a movie coming out on Netflix <laughs> <laughs> sometime early 2018. And I'm in uh, Wet Hot American Summer. And what's the name of your podcast? Season two. Oh, podcast, Dudes of Future Past. What is it? Dudes of Future Past. Dudes of Future Past. Yeah, it's like play on X-Men dude, Days of Future Past. Dudes of Future Past. We try and bridge that millennial gap. And my, it's you and someone else, right? Yeah, my partner's 43. Oh, wow. So you have older friends. I have a lot of older friends, yeah. Isn't that funny? By the way, a fish smell just came in. Yeah, I was going to say, is it this microphone? Um, But uh, My mom's here. (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) Um, But it's just interesting because in high school, I really did have, I wasn't, I I don't know if getting along is the right word, but there weren't a lot of people my age that I did click with. Yeah. And most of my friends through basketball, older guys. And I think I even told you this joke before. Like, my mom thought I was getting molested yeah. because I was hanging out with, like, guys in their 40s. And he was like, she's like, oh, is he touching? Like, they really thought, like, something yeah. was going on. Because, like, why like, would you? they like, why would a kid? But I really was. Did part of you think, like, why aren't they touching me? Like, do they not think I'm attractive? <laughs> no, I didn't think that. <laughs> but I just thought more, why can't I? get a girl my age. <laughs> yeah. Like that's kinda I got all these guys, yeah, all these guys 30 years lock. older than me. But I got <laughs> these guys on lock. <laughs> yeah. I can't fucking. But yeah, it's just interesting that I you have the same thing where you have friends in your 40s and 50s. Yeah. It's just something. I was kind of, I didn't do stand-up, but I think I was more mature. And a lot of people would think I was older. Yeah. Because of that. That's my thing, too. A lot of people think I'm older than 20. Oh, you're 20? Oh. And what is that supposed to fucking? Okay, yeah. So I should I act no, twenty? That's good. Like it is good, but it's also like no, it's a positive. If I'm you're fucking, that as a positive. But if you're like, I don't know, if you're 
25 and people are like oh i thought you were like 31 then all of a sudden you're like oh i don't want to get old well people, you know what people on the set even thought i was old yeah because they just said the way you carry yourself and i guess i do notice that a lot of especially comics these days they can be kind of fucking crazy oh yeah you know because they're always they're trying to be different now as yeah, opposed to yeah they yeah there's they're, or they're, they're just acting like you know nuts and drinking and all that oh, yeah. shit and not tell me about they it go to like you know the deep end yeah but well I, i'm a little bit more uh i drink green tea yeah and you look good doing it now that's that's the way to end it. <laughs> <laughs> all right thank you joe thank you To take me to paradise like a ocean liner She got a body that's kicking, it ain't no competition You'd have to set this bitch aflame to find her out of dame Ain't no problems with her, just scheming on how to get her in decompressor Wanna steal some panties out of dresser Clever as ever, you won't forget her once you met her Stay on the back of your mind like a life of crime She got front, back, side to side Small waist, flat stomach and thighs She don't trip with the chicken She just hang with the guys Rosetta Stone need to clone her body